Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. That was an aggressive hey, but that's all right. I've got aggressive hey for you. They just had the Belmont Stakes yesterday, man. Why the fuck wouldn't I have the, uh, the, the aggressive hay for you? That's right. I'm giving away the fact that I'm recording this uh, late on Saturday night. Um, and the Belmont Stakes was yesterday as a horse race. Did people go to it? Like, I don't even fucking know. All, I saw this, like, I saw this weird phrase, like, tis the law or something like that was trending on Twitter. And and you know me, I click on everything. I want to know what's going on at all times with everybody. I, I can't, you can't fool me, world. You can't slip something like "tis the law" by me and make me think I'm not going to know what it is. So sure enough, uh, I clicked on it, and it was the, uh, it, it was the winner of the Belmont Stakes. And so I guess there was a horse race yesterday, which is fine. And then, and I don't know if they're doing horse racing all over the country. I don't know what the fuck they're doing anywhere else in the country. I don't know what's happening. I know, I know baseball's over. I know hockey keeps thinking, this is, this is the thing is everybody keeps talking about they're going to do it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to, we're going to play basketball. Isn't that going to be great? Oh man, won't it be great when hockey starts again? No, it won't because it's never happening again. I mean, maybe next year we'll get some hockey in there after they find a vaccine or whatever the fuck, but I can't picture a whole bunch of toothless Canucks just going, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go skate through the frozen germ. Let's fucking make that work. Let's do that. And you know what's, you know what people want to see in the middle of fucking July? Ice. Oh, yeah, that's what you want. Dude, 1975, you can look this up. This is totally true. The Philadelphia Flyers, who have a time machine, by the way, according to McSweeney's, which is still my favorite article of all time. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, played the Buffalo Sabres in 1975. Now, in 74, the Broad Street Bullies had won the title. They had won uh, the, the Stanley Cup already that year. Uh, in 74, I believe, uh, I believe the Flyers beat the Bruins in 74. That's my guess. I could be wrong. That's my guess, though. Uh, and then in 75, they played the Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres with Danny Gare and a, uh, and a Gilbert Perot. And I believe a Rene Robert, perhaps Rene Robert was there. I don't know. Uh, but whatever they played. So the fucking Sabres played the, the Flyers and the Flyers were this. They were a machine back then. It's Bobby Clark. It's fucking Bill Barber. It's uh, Bernie Parent. It's, it's fucking uh, uh, Reggie Leach. Oh, Reggie Leach was a badass. Anyway, so back then in 74 or uh, 75, I should say, they played the, the, the fucking Stanley Cup finals. And then it's hot in Buffalo. Like it's because it's July. I remember the fuck it's June. 
And it's a War Memorial Stadium, you know, and good. Look, it's the 70s. Buildings were not what they are today. I don't think there were even seats. I think there was one seat. Yeah, it was like, and they had this ACDC who fucking trample stampede so you could get in the goddamn seat. And then they raffled off. uh, You could actually, everybody get to sit in the seat for five minutes. That's how it worked out. Even at the Stanley Cup Finals, which is weird, right? Why would you build a stadium with no fucking seats? All you're doing at that point is you're just going, hey, you know what? We want people to die at every event. If you don't have seats, you're literally just saying, you know what? Let's have a big mosh pit. That's what this fucking thing is. I don't give a fuck what happens. If you have a stadium and you have no seats in it, and I don't give a fuck if you book the like Joan Baez or Janice Eon, Eon, Ian, you know, you know what? Book Janice Elon Musk. Go ahead. That'll be a great show. Oh, at 17, I built a car. I didn't think it would take me so far, but now it's in space and I get high with Joe Rogan and make a weird face. All right. Uh, I don't know. If you build an arena with no seats, you're just asking for death. That's what you're doing. And again, maybe there's something not wrong with that. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we need more arenas with no seats because you could have a mosh pit. I, I don't give a fuck who the fuck you book in an arena with no seats. Whoever's in there playing. Uh, any, any Tracy Chapman comes in there. She does fast car. 14 people are stomped to death, <laughs> which which seems aggressive. I'm not going to lie to you. But at the same time, if people are in just a wide open room with nothing to do, they're going to fucking run in circles, baby. Why the fuck not? And now what you're thinking, you're like, well, what about general admission? No. It's not the same because general admission is generally in the middle of the floor. And then there's a bowl like with people in seats. I'm talking, you build a stadium with no seats, man, just a giant floor with a stage on it. And fucking people are going down. They're going to get stomped. You know what? I'll tell you what, if your band is ever going to play in an arena that doesn't have seats, do me a favor. Tell your drummer to be ready for the extra percussion from the cracking bone sound. That's going to be coming from everybody getting stomped in the pit. That's what's going to fucking happen. Make sure he doesn't think that he ate. Because you know what I tell you? The drummer's going to be trying to keep time. He's going to be like, I don't know why he's that playing that. That seems like an aggressive, weird drum beat for a guy who's got regular drums. I can't even keep time on my mouth. Um, But if he's up there and he just, and all of a sudden he's going to be like, hey, is somebody playing castanets? No, not at all. That's the sound of femurs being snapped in the pit because everybody's stomping in goddamn circles because there's no seats left to, uh, to keep them in fucking line, man. Look that's, look, that's the reason the chairs were invented. I don't know if you know this. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, fuck, somebody wanted to sit down once. No, 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 no. So, there was a bunch of shows, even caveman shows. It's like Oog with a fucking rock. He's up there banging the shit out of it. And guys are just stomping the fuck out of everybody. And Oog's like, this isn't good for repeat business, man. Like, I want to, I just want to fucking go out and play the rock. I don't want to fucking everybody kill themselves while it's happening. I want more people to come back and visit me while I'm playing the rock. That would be great. And, uh, and you know, it, it stopped there. Everybody's like, well, fuck you. Oog, just play the rock. It's like now where they, people say stick to stick to sports. When a sports guy tries to talk about what's going on in the world, they said to Oog, stick to rock, stick to playing rock. Oog. And not, I don't mean rock music. I mean, rock. Oog, he had fashioned a crude spoon out of a triceratops bone and he was banging it on a rock and everybody's like, this is Oog, that guy's running the fucking show. Let's go to one of his concerts and hope not to die in a stampede. Of course, they didn't know it was a stampede then. They just knew, it was, you know what they called it? An Oog wave. That's what they knew it is because Oog was the only touring musician. The buildings didn't have any seats and so they were like, we're going to get crushed in an Oog wave, man. Uh, but it was also a hip thing to do because Oog was only, you know, he's touring the fucking country or whatever the fuck, I, the country, I... He's, it's the jungle, right? There's just dinosaurs and shit. And Oog, you know, he survived. That's the thing. He was he was on the road all the time. He's seeing uh, like a, a velociraptor and shit. But he gets out that trusty spoon and bangs out something on the rock and everybody stamps around and it's fucking beautiful. 
Uh, but then people, uh, you know, people in Oog's camp, you know, he had some handlers. That's the thing. The first agent ever handled Oog because that's, that's who the guy was. And this was Og. I don't know if you know this. Oog was the first musician. Og was the first agent because he said, Oog, there's a lot of money to be made. Uh, unfortunately, all of your uh, the audience members are dying. They're getting stomped to death like grapes. This is fucking terrible. And uh, Oog is like, what do you mean? Like, what is a grape? And Og is like, don't worry about it. We'll invent wine later. Anyway, what we need to do is we need to invent seats for this arena. So then people can come back and see you because they sit down and they watch the show. And he's like, what is this show? This sit down. I don't. And Og was like, leave it to me, Oog. Because again, Oog is just like most rock stars. He just wants to get high, get pussy and play the rock. That's it. That's all he wants to do. Gets out the triceratops, triceratops bone, bangs it on the rock. Looks for a fucking uh, like a, a crazy uh, uh, pebbles Flintstone. He can fucking rail. And then he goes to the next city and does it all over again. Tries to get, avoid getting eaten by a fucking brontosaurus. And I know you're like, well, hey, Mike, brontosaurus, they were vegetarians. No, 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 no. Not when it came to Oog. Oog was delicious. Oog was like, a, you know, because again, like sometimes, you know how like David Bowie was androgynous and both men and women wanted to fuck him? That's what that's what Oog was. Oog was like delicious. He, so both uh, he, he both uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes and Brontosaurus wanted to eat him. Whether you whether you were a carnivore or a herbivore, everybody wants to eat Oog. Oh, that's the best. Should that be the name of the show? It's a little early, but I don't mind it. Uh, yeah, carnivore or herbivore, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to get Oog in their mouth because he's a rock star, baby. It's like Bowie. Bowie's the man. Like guys wanted to rail him. Chicks wanted to rail him. It happened all the fucking time. But then you get fucking Oog out there who set the fucking tone. And he was out there with fucking herbivores and carnivores and everybody wanted to get Oog in their mouth. That's how it fucking worked, baby. And you know who recognized that before anybody else? Fucking Og. Og stepped up. He was the Bill Graham of his time. Put Oog in his spoon and his fucking rock in the spotlight. Nah, there wasn't really a light. It was the sun or whatever the fuck. Yes, I know. Thomas Edison didn't come along till later. And that's, you know, who fucking, that's Og's fucking, uh, uh, not his fault, to his detriment, I think, the fact that Edison wasn't there. Og was more of a nighttime act, but he played in the daytime. And that was bad, too, because, again, like I said, people are stomping the fuck out of one another. And then all of a sudden, a fucking uh, uh, fuck you atops comes in and he bites the shit out of everybody. That's not good. You want to have those shows under the cover of night in the dark. But then Og's banging on the fucking rock with the spoon, and that's going to draw in every fuck you dinosaur in the world who wants to bite the shit out of everybody. See, but the thing is, Og, he was working it out with the dinosaurs. He said to yourselves, you know what, guys? Here's the thing. I play spoon on rock, right? And that's the cool thing. And I know everyone's put me in their mouth, but here's the deal. Let me come to your town. Let me play spoon on rock. Watch these fuckheads just stomp each other to death. And then you guys can come in and eat the fuck out of everybody. You don't have to chase anyone. Nobody's got a net. Nobody's going to point. It just, it'll just be a pile of dead fucking locals and you can come in and clean up. So it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet for dinosaurs once Oog is done playing spoon on rock. And uh, and the, he and the dinosaurs had a healthy accord. And and honestly, it would have gone really, really well if it weren't for the comet, which came and ended everything. And then the next ice age came. And then I, I, I'm waiting. See, now this, here's the thing. They still have not thought out. Oog. They have not found him. As soon as they find his remains, just a guy holding a spoon, banging on a rock. They're going to be like, this guy was the first. This is the, like Keith Moon. This is the first drummer of all fucking time. Uh, but from what I do understand is they found an, an Og, or no, Og's the uh, agent. He found the Oog concert shirt that Og was working on. They found the, the merch. They found Oog merch. And they were trying to figure out what the fuck, well, I, who, I, that was cave paintings and shit like that. But they were like, who's that guy with Spoon on Rock? And then who's this other guy with like the uh, the plastic visor on and an adding machine? And he's getting everybody's shekels and rocks and throwing them in a box. Everybody walks up and offers like clamshells and shit. Because there was no money back then, unless Og invented it. Look at Og. He's fucking patient zero for everything he invented concerts he invented taking the rake he invented making money this is fucking perfect look at i you know and so uh, here's way in a roundabout way 
I blame Og for capitalism. That's right. It seems like you're like, well, that was long before dinosaurs. And then eventually Rasputin came along and everybody else was doing dumb shit. Yes, I know. But Og was the first. Og is the man. I, from, uh, from, all, from Og's greed, all capitalism flowed forth. And so now every time you pay sales tax, think to yourself, you know what? If fucking Og wasn't out there pushing Oog and Spoon on Rock, I wouldn't be paying this fucking extra tax. God damn it. Oog and Og, you fucking dicks. All right, I'm going to take a breath now because I just made up 10 minutes about fucking cavemen for no reason. Why? Because there's nothing else to fucking talk about. I wish, I wish, don't you wish I had a story? Don't you wish I had a life to tell you about? But I don't anymore. I'm looking at my desk right now. You know what I got here? I got lozenges and masks. I mean, this is the shit I didn't think was going to happen until I was like 97 fucking years old, right? I didn't think my desk would be covered with lozenges and masks until I was a thousand until then, until I was ready to be fucking expiring or, you know, some, and now I find and like all this shit's being ruined before I even get a chance to use it, man. I'm 52. All right. So you got to figure like, by the time I hit like fucking 75 or whatever, they're going to put me in a home. Cause I'm look, man, I'm not going to have anybody. I'm not gonna be dating anybody. There's gonna be nobody who wants me. Uh, so I'll be alone. So I'll have to check myself into some fucking home. And now you might as well just go right to the fucking morgue and say, fill me up with embalming fluid. These fucking nursing homes. What a fucking mess. I, I don't, I don't know. And I can't figure out, like, I, I kind of try to get my thumb on it and go, because it's like, it's like pinning mercury down. You break a thermometer, it's all sliding all over. I don't know why the nursing homes are so bad. I mean, I guess because, you know, old people are ready to fucking die at any second. I mean, let's be honest with yourselves. Just a fucking, a, if you, you could give somebody an 89th birthday in a fucking nursing home and accidentally pop one of the balloons and wipe out half the fucking sea ward. Okay, they're going down. These people are all tottering on the precipice of death at every single moment. And then the germ comes along with a fucking, uh, like, a, it's like a... It's like a weird ping pong ball covered in Velcro and fish hooks. And it goes right into their lung. And that's it. Because these people are fucking they're already banging on death's door anyway, trying to get in. Death is just like, Jesus, the only reason death doesn't want to let him in is because he's out of fucking cream of wheat. Death is like, look, man, I am so out of cream of wheat. You fucking old people. Just go ahead. That's why death wants young people to die. He has somebody to talk to. These old people burst in with stories of World War One. And death is like, I get it. I was there. Jesus, fuck. What part of me don't you get? I bet. <laughs> Please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and taste, right? Uh, yes, I know that's Satan, but it could also be death. Death could be the same guy. Death and Satan could be the same guy. What does it fucking matter at this point, right? Again, nothing matters. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Jesus. He could be Satan for all I fucking know. And Jesus, Jesus, death and Satan are all pals. They're playing poker. They're doing that fucking, you know what? You ever see the poker game in Almost Famous where fucking, uh, uh, the, the, the Peter Frampton winds up giving away fucking, uh, what's her name? Kate Hudson loses her in a poker game. It makes the, the kid sad. And then he tells her later and she's like, what kind of beer? And it's like fucking brutal. Well, that's what they did back then. They sat down, Jesus, death and Satan. And they were like fucking giving stuff up. Like, oh, I'll give you this guy. I'll give you that guy. Oh, yeah, I'll, g- I'll give you a fucking uh, Oog. <laughs> What's Oog? <laughs> that was the first real dispute is they all wanted Oog. Every single one of them wanted Oog. Get what? Get this, though. Nobody wanted Og. That's why his ghost still wanders the earth. Trying to collect 11%. That's right. You think agents get 10%? That's, well, Og was the guy who got 11. Og, and he, he goes to 11. Og was the spinal tap speaker fucking cabinet of agents. He goes to 11 with his cut, goddammit. So go ahead and back off Og right now. The man invented so much stuff. And you're going ahead and disrespecting him during a goddamn podcast? How fucking dare you? That's right. I'm talking to myself right now. How dare you? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little spooked because as I talk... Uh, you know, I have audacity. That's how I do the, the podcasts, right? Uh, I used to have a producer, but not anymore. Now I got a laptop. So, so I'm talking and, uh, the, the screen keeps like kind of 
uh, blinking, I guess would be the proper term. And I don't know if it's just audacity or the whole laptop. And because I haven't dropped the laptop, laptop's in good shape. It's all plugged in. Everything's fine. Battery's at 100%. There's a lightning bolt right through the little battery guy. So I think I'm fine. But but for some reason, periodically, as I shifted my seat or whatever the fuck, the whole thing kind of blinks on and off like a strobe light. And and uh, that's bad. Look, I guess because especially I've waited until fucking... 3.30 in the morning on on Saturday night, Sunday slash Sunday morning to bust this out, all right? Because I've been staring, not knowing what the fuck to talk about because there is nothing to talk about. Nothing. There's just, it's just, it's the same shit over and over. It's the same shit every fucking week. And, and uh, although I, I, I apologize, no bullshit, that's wrong. It's like, uh, you know, racism has been, has been uh, planting its flag and trying, you know, like we're trying to do everything we can about it. And then, and then, you know, who was pissed out off about racism, sexism, sexism this week was like, Hey, fuck you racism. What the fuck, man? How dare you? How dare you get all the attention? So sexism, uh, put on some, uh, heavy makeup and a sleeveless dress and went out and stood on a street corner and said, check me out, man. Uh, and every guy wolf whistled and said, how old are you? And then sexism said, I'm 16. And every guy just said, okay, because they're fucking scumbags. I don't get it, man. I don't, I, I look, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, Colette is a friend of the show. And, uh, and she wrote me a thing on, on Twitter and it made me laugh. She's just like, Hey man, I'm glad you weren't like the, the creepy touchy feely douchebag. You were more of the, Hey man, let's do stupid hijinks kind of douchebag. And, and I was like, uh, thanks. I mean, yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, she's like, I hope you know what I mean by this. And I'm like, yeah, I I mean, let's put it this way. No matter what you meant by that, I'm going to assume it was a good thing. I'm going to go ahead and take the route that that was a good thing you were saying to me. So I'm going to go, yes, of course I'm the hijinks having douchebag. And that's the problem now because with the germ keeping me trapped in my ant farm, there are no hijinks to be had. Plus I'm 52. What kind of fucking hijinks am I going to have? I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. I'm going to go outside in the germ and get a heart attack and fall down. Nobody wants to hear that fucking story. That's the last fucking story I'll get to tell you. Let's have some water. Let's do that right now. Oh, I spilled some. God damn it. Um, yeah, so so I, I don't. Uh, so I waited. I sat and I thought about like what to do. And I, I truthfully sat down Thursday night and I was like, well, you know what? We'll figure Let's back off a little bit here. You know, you did the last show last Saturday. You're fine. And then Friday came and then Saturday came and I'm, and I was all set up, microphone plugged in, stopped and started like five or six times and, and just fuck. And then took a walk and said, all right, you know what? And, and by a walk, I mean, I walked from the desk to the couch. I'm not going outside at all. I haven't checked my mail in fucking five days, uh, which is a dumb thing, right? Don't you think there's gotta be something grand in the mail? Isn't there something good out there waiting for me? The germ. That's what it is. I open the fucking mailbox and it leaps out and grabs my face like a surgical mask, just straddles me like a fucking seal pussy just wraps itself around my face. Um, why a seal pussy? I don't know. I don't know. That's what popped into my head right there. Enjoy that. Take that and fucking run with it. When you think about something coming out of my mailbox, it's a seal pussy and it just wraps itself around my head. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't, it's just, it was, it's, I mean, are you guys living life? Are you, are you doing things? I know some of you are still have to work and all that kind of shit. And I mean, look, and I have to look, I'm working on this and I, and and I did another podcast this week. I'll tell you about that later and stuff. I mean, I, I just, uh, and I, I don't, you know, look, I, I've never been one to be like, oh man, I can't believe I have to stay home. No, I, again, I fucking love staying home, but it's, it's now, I mean, we're looking at fucking, what is it now? Four months. Yeah. I mean, we're in, we're in month four of, of, Hey Mike, shut up and fucking sit down. And, and normally look again, I'm totally on board with that. I like this. I like the staying home and I'm not, I'm not sad. I'm not upset. Certainly. 
but but it, it it does hinder this part of the week, this part where I'm supposed to sit down and tell you some stuff, man. And uh, and I'll, and because again, I've I've wound up turning my jaundiced eye to the world. But I wonder if you've heard enough of me talking about how fucking stupid everything is. And you, I know you agree with me on it. Everything is stupid. It's fucking dumb, and it's not going to get any better. And so I I literally this week was looking at like. I was looking at how to move to Ireland or how to move to Canada and how to actually go and get it done. And, and, and then I had this epiphany where I was like, I, I was sitting around. I might even told you guys about this because this has happened a couple of times in the past few weeks. And I was sitting down here in my apartment and I, and I was thinking about it again, kind of bandying it about in my head going, well, you know, I can go to Ireland. I, I know literally, I know two people in Ireland. Uh, and it's Alex and Laura and they're lovely. And they've, you know, that's who I was going to stay with when I went out there for, to do shows. Um, but I wouldn't know the first fucking thing about living there or doing whatever the fuck. I mean, I like potatoes. I mean, fuck, that's cool. And half of me, I guess, would be adjusted to the climate. But, um, but I, you know, I'm not a booze guy or whatever the fuck, but I like stew. I like mulligans. I like shillelaghs, whatever the fuck they got there. I'm in. I'm on board with all of it. Shamrocks, sure. Why not? The cereal, whatever the fuck. Um, and I could do this from there, too. That's the thing is I'm pretty sure I could do the podcast from there and, and possibly even do shows and stuff like that. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Do they do they want that? Isn't that like more of a European thing where I could just go sit in a bar and be like a storytelling minstrel? Wouldn't that be fucking cool? I'll get a loot. I'm not going to play a loot, but I'll just have it just in case. Well, I just you know what? I, I, I want to just threaten everybody with the possibility of a loot getting involved in all of my fucking monologues. I'll just sit there like Spalding O'Gray and I'll start telling these fucking devastating stories. And then I'll pull the loot out and everybody will like, <gasps> And then I'll just casually lay it back down and be like, because they're so happy I didn't bust out the fucking loot. Um, but I, I I genuinely looked into it. I'm like, well, maybe Ireland or yeah, I could go to Canada. Because again, I know a bunch of people in Canada and I have people that like what I do in Canada. So I could perhaps even do shows and make a living. I don't, I don't know. And I could do this still. And again, you've been very kind with Patreon and maybe that would work. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Would I be a comedian there or, or in Ireland? I, I, I think so, but I don't know. But then at the same fucking time, I, I was sitting in my apartment and I was like, you know what, man, you're sitting here thinking about leaving. You're going to go to fucking what Ireland you're going to go and, and Canada or somewhere warm. Like part of me wants to go somewhere warm too, but I'm like, where the fuck, what's that going to be? Mexico. Great. You find my head on a turtle shell. Um, some tortoise walking through the desert with my disembodied head on it, Trejo style from Breaking Bad. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, if you didn't see it, you didn't see it, but whatever the fuck it exists. So I don't, I don't, uh, I was in my house and I just went, you know what? I, I mean, I love California. I love living here. I, I don't, uh, and it's, it's not, it's not like I'm like, yeah, I, cause I like golden bears and, and I love libs in California. I, it's, I don't. It's beyond that. I like the weather. I, I think it's fucking amazing. I like having access to the beach. I just like being here. This is my home. And so in my brain, I'm just like, you can't fucking go. You know, these motherfuckers chase you out of your own fucking place. That seems ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, 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 exactly. Fucking stay here. I'm going to be in California forever. That's where I am. I wish they all could be California mics. And that's what they're going to be because I'm going to just fucking sit here and get it done. Uh, and then I go on Twitter that night and I and I see... 10 cops kill an 18 year old kid who was running away. Cause they said he, he, he ran and they shot him like eight times. And then there are people who were saying that he, he, he knelt on the ground with his hands above his head and they still shot him. And then the cops confiscated all of the fucking cameras that were in the area. They broke all the cameras and then they confiscated the fucking DV, the, the DVR or whatever the fuck. And then came back the next day with a warrant for the DVR, even though they'd already fucking grabbed it. 
And and you just go, man, what the fuck is happening here, man? I can't. And again, I'm not going to get shot in the fucking street by a cop. I'm 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 fat white guy with a goatee. They they think I'm one of them. Everybody everybody thinks like that I'm an AR-15 and a and a don't tread on me shirt away from being one of these fucking hooligans or boogaloos or whatever the fuck. Can you believe that shit? Why do they pick the lamest shit in the world? They're so fucking stupid. They're like, hey, man, the white power sign is now the okay sign, but you turn it upside down. WP, sneaky, ha <laughs> white power. Fuck off, you ridiculous honeycomb hideout motherfuckers. You and your stupid code. Okay, great. So you got the white power with the okay. You flip it under down. Ha <laughs> ha, white power. No, okay. Uh, and then they're, and they're like, what's what does it matter, man? It's just the okay symbol. But then you turn it this way, white power. Yeah, WP. <laughs> We're getting over on the libs. Fuck you. You know, all of a sudden, all these assholes, yeah, it's like the incels. I get to read about incels all the time. They got codes and they got words and shit. And it's like, oh, great. The He-Man Woman Haters Club is armed. It's like, fuck you, man. Why? These guys who can't get laid or whatever the fuck. Are, and they're not even, it's not even about getting laid. Look, these fucking assholes, it's not even about getting laid. It's the fact that they're just scared to death of women, period, because they want them to be subjugated. They want them to be less than them. These, these motherfuckers just thought that they were going to, I get to be men and, and, I don't know, drag women by their hair or whatever the fuck. They've listened to too many Oog records, I'll tell you that. If you thought you were just going to grab a chick by the hair and drag her into your fucking cave, you incel fuck. Uh, and then these incels are showing up. Now they're going to, like, yoga studios and stabbing chicks or driving on the sidewalk and murdering people. They all got manifestos now. Jesus, fuck. Go to, like I said, go to Alaska, man. You want to tell man if you want to have manifestos, go to fucking Alaska. Nobody's got an address. Everybody's got a manifesto. That's where you belong, you fucking incel fucks. Go build a fire. Eat some salmon, jerk each other off, broke back off, whatever the fuck you got to do, man. I don't know. I, I just, I just see it, and it's, it's so fucking dumb. These boogaloo idiots. So that's another thing. They get the white power with the hand symbol. Ha ha. Codes. Ha ha. The He-Man Woman Haters Club will come to a fucking order. Whatever the fuck. And then now they're wearing Hawaiian shirts. Did you see this shit? This is like their signal to one another that they, that they're, that they are racist fuckheads. I suppose they're wearing. Hawaiian shirts at rallies or whatever the fuck and carry an AR 15s. And, and it, it's just, it's, it's all such nonsense, right? Isn't, isn't it all this, this, the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life, but it's happening. And they call themselves the boogaloo movement because they shortened it from like race war, civil war to electric boogaloo. And I'm like, Oh my, I, you know, literally hearing that stuff, I, it pains me. Like it makes me like, like I almost, I almost want to root for a second civil war just so they can get murdered. And I know they all think they have guns and they're tough and whatever the fuck. And that's fine, I suppose. But like, don't, don't you want to see these cosplaying assholes take it in the face? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Be nice. Like, clearly you have skills. Like you could probably fix a carburetor or I don't know, cook something on a grill. You're a big fat white guy. You got to know how to do any of that shit, right? So put your gun away and, and reach out to the neighborhood and go, hey, man, you know what? Nobody wants to see your boogaloo Hawaiian shirt. Wear a kiss the cook apron. What if that's that? What if I started inventing bullshit for these guys? Hey, I'll tell you what. If you really want to get over on the blacks, wear a kiss the cook apron. Oh, my God. Wear it to every rally. People don't know exactly. And because it, it's a sign. It's a symbol to the other guys. So then you got fucking 800 dudes with their fucking kiss the cook aprons and AR-15s. And that's another thing. What the fuck do you even need a Hawaiian shirt for? 
All you fuckheads, like I said, you look like me. You're all fat with goatees with a small face swimming in a sea of flesh, and you've got a fucking AR-15 over your goddamn shoulder. Everybody knows who the fuck you are. You don't need a Hawaiian shirt to seal the deal. Nobody needs to give hand signals and elaborate bullshit. You're not you're not at the NCAA tournament fucking getting introduced and high-fiving all your friends. You didn't just homer. Nobody just hit a, you didn't just hit a home run and have a complex handshake with everybody on the fucking bench. Everybody sees you like, oh, fat, white, goatee, gun. Yeah, it's one of those assholes again. Great. It's it's one of the boogaloo guys with his Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> what what the fuck, man? I don't know. I just I I I wish these protests would turn out like you ever seen the movie The Wanderers? You know what I mean? It's like there's always there's protesters that are out there and they're keeping the peace. They're being nice. They're just like, hey, you know what, man? Uh, hands up, don't shoot. You know, hey, I can't breathe. They're all chanting their slogans, whatever the fuck. And, and and they're trying to get their point across. And then and now these these fucking assholes keep coming and disrupting everything like I in the movie The Wanderers, there's a great scene at the end. There's a football game and uh, and all the gangs are there like the fucking the ducky boy. Or, I'm sorry. The Wanderers are there and then the Wongs are there and like, whatever. All these fucking gangs show up. Right. And then they get surrounded by the ducky boy. So all of the gangs come together and have a fight like I. I I wish that would be like a reverse thing in real life. Like I wish somehow like all of the fucking assholes, the boogaloo assholes, the incels and all those idiots be having a football game. And then just, and then like the Lambda, 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 Omega mood dudes from revenge of the nerds. Remember that when all those fucking dudes marched in to help them out and they were going to take out ogre and the boys. And it was just those black dudes who came in and they felt like, yeah, no, they're going to get to speak. They're going to speak right now. That's, I, I would love for that to happen if they were all to just fucking surround a field of incels and boogaloo assholes and just fucking and just stomp them into the fucking ground. They're ruining everything. Every, and, and look, everything might already be ruined. What the fuck do I know? I, I, I get no clue. Again, I'm, I'm barely I'm barely getting through. I just know that I get nothing else to fucking talk about these days. And it's driving me fucking crazy. Um, you can only you can only talk so much about how fucked the world is, right? Doesn't it get because that's that's and this is what keeps me doing the show later and later because in my brain I'm just like eh, dude nobody wants to hear you talk about the fucking world again how bad it is it's like no I want the and I keep saying this every week that's that's a prevailing theme where I keep saying it and then people are very nice and they write me they go like no man we need your voice we need to hear what you say about this and I'm like alright but I also don't know how many times I can say the same thing differently you know what I mean I, I, I it's pretty obvious how I feel about this stuff now and 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 nothing's changing in the street. It's just it's just getting fucking stupider and worse. Like I said, they executed a kid here in L.A. They're executing people all over the place. Now, now black guys are getting hanged. They're finding nooses and trees in New York, and the cops are like, "Oh yeah, no, they, that's where those were for pinatas." It's like, what the fuck is happening? It's it's as if it's it, like the ghost of racism just like woke up. Hey, look, and it's it's funny. It's like America was built on like uh, an Indian burial ground. And, I, and fuck yeah, actually, <laughs> America was built. I, I figured it out. America was built on an Indian burial ground. That's what happened. That's what we're waiting for. Everybody's fucking coming out of the goddamn surf now. Everybody, this is the, we're at the point in Portuguese. We're well past the fucking stake climbing around and the maggots pulling out of it. And I, mean, I think we're really past the dude tearing his fucking face off. But Jesus Christ, this is this is a fucking mess, right? I swear, you know what? I gotta, I gotta be honest. I think I might have seen that somewhere. I, that can't be mine, right? That can't be mine. That I, that America's a fucking Indian burial ground. Somebody else had to have that thought at some fucking point. That because that's there's no way I just discovered that shit in in motion here on the show. 
But what the fuck do I know? I don't know anything. I, I, I and that's the problem. Is I look like a boogaloo guy. They all adopted my looks, and I'm gonna go outside. And also, and then I got the fashy haircut. Where everybody's just like, "Oh, look at this guy! Like be half a Nazi." No, I just like my hair. Jesus fuck, get off my back! I don't, I don't know. I can't defend myself anymore. That's a lie. I can defend myself always because nobody's accusing me of anything. I'm, I'm nondescript. I fade into the background, man. And I, nobody looks at me cross-eyed. That's another thing. I can't pretend that I'm under siege or anything's bad that's happening. No, man, nobody gives a fuck about me. And that's fine. It's the way I want it. I want to slide under the radar. But I assume if I went to one of these protests, which I can't because of the germ. But if I went to one of these things, I'm sure these guys would be fucking furious at me. They'd fucking look at me twice and think I was there for the other side. I'm like, no, hooray, I'm for this team. I'm not for the other fucking team. Fuck that. I don't get it, man. These white dudes, like I said, remember last week we were talking about how those the, they, they tore the statues down and the statues got thrown into the fucking river and like the white dudes were like, let's save that statue. It's like, why? You care about slave master Edmund Tillerson? Get the fuck out of here. You don't. Uh, and now the same thing's happening with fucking Christopher Columbus. Like they're trying to tear down his statues in a bunch of different places. Like they, they turned on a statue of Francis Scott Key two, a couple days ago. And then they tore down. Who else did they tear down? Like fucking Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Because again, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I, the statues, the flags, the borders, none of that shit means a goddamn thing to me. I don't care. We're all people. It's a fucking globe. Fuck, fuck America slash Canada slash fucking Ecuador and whatever the fuck. We're, we all live here. Be nice to everybody. But nope. Nope. These, these, uh, and, and so I don't give a fuck if they tear the statues down. Good. Because again, these, these are not, like if you put up a statue, of Jefferson Davis, all right, the the Confederate dick. And you were just like, here's a statue of him. And he was like hiding behind a bush. You know what I mean? Like if you if you portrayed him as some cowardly fuck, see, that, that's what you should be doing. Because that's the thing is everybody's like, they're erasing our history by taking away these monuments and it makes us forget our past. No, no, it doesn't. No, it accurately portrays our past. If you have Jefferson Davis hiding behind a bush, uh, and, and avoiding the union, or if you if just even have a plaque, it's like a Jefferson Davis and he's just like sitting on a park bench, you know, like a statue of him. And it just says Jefferson Davis was a coward. It was the Confederacy president and he owned slaves and he was a dick. And then he lost after turning to be a fucking traitor and starting a war with the North. And then he wound up, should, he should have been killed, but he wasn't. And we let him go for some fucking reason. Now we build a dumb statue. The end. That's what it should say on all of his fucking plaques. Any of these fucking idiots. Francis Scott Key wrote the most tuneless song in the history of fucking music, and he has forced somehow everybody to sing it before every sporting event. And uh, and also he owned a slave. I mean, it's, it should be on all of their plaques, all the dumb shit they did. Don't be like, oh, yes, I love this guy. This is all oh, Francis Scott Key. We need us. Who needs a statue of Francis Scott Key? Build a statue of Pamela Anderson. Get her out there, goddammit. You want to do that? Just fucking you might as well put a giant Pokemon up there. I mean, who the fuck cares? But these people are freaking the fuck out. So now Columbus is, uh, look, man, we know about Columbus, right? Uh, he's uh, The only thing Columbus is good for is a day off. Don't we get Columbus day off? I, you people with jobs, I don't fucking know. So good for him. That's a day off. But then every other thing we know about this fucking guy is he's the worst. He came here. There were There were people living peacefully. He fucking attacked them. Uh, he, he enslaved people. He, I, I read, I read a thing this week where he, he collected like the babies from places that he would raid and then he would keep them to feed them to the dogs on the boat when they ran out of food. I'm like, what? And, th- and it's the kind of shit where you're just like, all right, hold on a second. Now I don't disbelieve it, but also at the same time, this is, why is this the first I'm hearing of this? Why, 
Why is the Columbus fed babies to dogs? Why has that been? You want to talk about burying the lead? I mean, I knew he got me a good deal on a mattress. That's fine. But somehow I think that the other thing is a little bit more important. Certainly you're like, hey, father of our country or whatever the fuck, George Washington. Yes, the guy who discovered the place, Christopher Columbus. Well, that's kind of in play. Okay. Uh, but did you know that you can get a fantastic mattress just throwing his name around one day a year? All right. That sounds okay. I'm good with that. Also, by the way, he sold babies of color. Mm, that's probably really awful. Yeah, but also he didn't sell all of them. He kept some of them and he fed them to dogs on the boat. Anyway, so let's talk more about his statue. What? Let's not put up a statue with that fucking guy. And let me ask you this. Did anybody bring that up at the statue meeting when they were sitting there going like, because there had to be, look, you can't just put these things up fucking willy nilly all over the goddamn place, right? It doesn't have to be a city council where they approve it. It's like how are you here in Hollywood? Everybody gets a fucking star on the walk of fame if they get nominated and the council approves it, but the council still has to approve it. So somehow they had to approve fucking Columbus back then. Wasn't there one industrious youth who showed up and said, hey, by the way, this guy, uh, certainly, again, lovely mattresses, whatever the fuck, the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa, whatever the fuck. And that's all great. However, did you know that he fed babies to dogs? Now, look, we all love dogs. Certainly we love dogs. And if dogs are hungry, we want to reach out. We want to make sure that their bellies are full, but we would prefer that their bellies were not full of infants, right? Isn't that something that we're thinking to ourselves? Isn't, uh, isn't us? Aren't we as a city council? bound and determined to make sure that dogs don't eat babies. Isn't, isn't that something? I think it's in the city charter. And you can say this in any city in America. You can check any city charter. Like, I just read a thing where it's illegal to eat oranges in bed in California. All those dumb fucking laws. Well, I'm going to say that every single one of these places somehow in their charter has do not feed babies to dogs. I would hope. I would hope it's in there. Because I'll tell you this, they, they sure squawk enough about eating dogs in this fucking country. Hey, we're not supposed to do that, which is totally fine. I was not campaigning for it. But, uh... If we're not going to eat the dogs and let's not eat the babies either. And let's certainly not let the dogs eat the babies. That just seems like a fucking mess waiting to happen, right? Uh, all of it's terrible. And, and Columbus is just, so he's just a bad guy. Again, quilting and bedding aside, pillows aside, Columbus sounds like a bad person. Uh, so there's, but there's statues of him all over the fucking place. And for some reason, uh, I think it was Spanish. Wasn't Columbus Spanish? I don't fucking know. But for some reason, Italians have adopted him as their own. Uh, so he's their guy and maybe he was Italian. I don't fucking know, but when is the Nina, the paint of the Santa Maria, those sound like it didn't, was it the queen of Spain who sent him? And look, this will fucking betray how long it's been since I was in school. I know Columbus supposedly discovered America, but I thought he was sent by Spain and it wasn't he supposed to just try to find spices and shit like that. And he took a wrong turn and he wound up here and he killed 75 Indians and stole their babies. Right. That's the thing. So I, I don't, it's not my guy. I'm not a fucking, I'm not on board. I don't need to know the facts. I know he's a bad guy at the end, but for some reason, Maybe he is Italian. I don't fucking know. Was even it was even Italy invented? Had Columbus discovered Italy back then in 1492? I don't think he had. Columbus hadn't even discovered his own birthland for fuck's sake. Um, anyway, I thought he was Spanish. Whatever the fuck. So maybe he's Italian. And I remember the Sopranos. It was it was a big deal on the Sopranos, the protest for Columbus Day. So it's always been kind of in my brain. But now there are there are like roving gangs of of big fat just mortadella with legs motherfuckers who are guarding the statues like these these those italians who you know you know that they have to sleep on their side or they can't breathe you know those cats and i don't mean just italians just guys these big just these big hunks of fucking literally the the kind of guy when you look at him you're like i bet he's wearing netting for underwear because that's what they wrap hams in (laughs) that's that's what he must be that's what he's got on under those fucking z cavarici whatever the fuck he's wearing i don't care but he's got to have a net under there somewhere because that's holding in his folds this fucking fat fuck and he's just like stay away from the columbus statue hey maron fuck off
Why are you defending the Columbus statue? Nobody gives a shit. Why would your neighborhood give a shit? Why would you care at all about this fucking guy? 1492. That's that's 500, 528 years ago. Which, which if you'll step on a scale, that's a number you're familiar with, 528. I would imagine you fat baloney fuck. Look at you, you prosciutto-eating cocksucker. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I tell, you, I tell you what, you better stay away from this Columbus statue. Hey, I tell you, I got a big And it's these dudes, they're just so gross. They, they're just, they're just sweat and olive oil and, the, and they're like fucking standing there with their baseball bats ready to fuck up. Every, and, and that's the thing. It's all these fat dudes with baseball bats and they're, and they're walking the patrols in Philadelphia and these other cities to guard the Columbus statue. And I saw clips. I saw clips this week of there was a guy filming them and uh, they went up to him and they're just like, and they're like, hey, I've done time in federal prison. You know, I, I'm not, I don't take, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be fucking soft shooting with you, man. And they slashed his bike tires and punched him in the face and threw his phone. And, uh, and the cops were right there and didn't do a fucking thing. And then they show the cops like shaking hands with those guys. Cause all those guys are like, Hey, we're on your side. Hey, we're on your side today. It's like, Wait a minute. Didn't I I look again, I've watched the Sopranos, I've watched Casino, I've watched everything else. Fucking Italians hate cops. Is that don't don't pretend, I mean I guess maybe the enemy of my enemy is your friend. If these dudes have come to tear down the statues or whatever the fuck, I don't I don't know. Why do cops care? The cops don't give a shit about statues. I think it's not even about statues. It's literally the Italian dudes and the cops, they just want to bust heads. Literally, it literally it's just it's just they're just teamsters. This whole fucking pile of teamsters ready to fuck guys up for no reason. And they just decided, you know, they're going to go help with they're they're like they're like the fucking Curtis Lee was now. Remember Curtis Lee with the Guardian Angels and the red fucking berets? Who are these fuckheads? They're just they're just like the fucking uh, they're the Gordian Angels. That's what they are <laughs> they're the fucking the Gorgian Angels because they gorge themselves on fucking sliced meats before they head out to guard the fucking Columbus statue. It's so stupid. It's it's just. Now, look, again, I'm not smart, all right? I, I, I'm I not tough. I'm not smart. I'm just big and I'm mad. And uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know. I can talk. But, like, th- doesn't it embarrass all of you that this is happening? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I see people still arguing for fuckneck, President Fuckneck. And I'm just like, why? How can you support him? How can you ever think that that's the guy? When I see people making the wrong argument all the time, it's like, again, guys, the, the, you know, blocking the Columbus statue, whatever the fuck. Hey, we're just going to keep these city streets safe. Why? For what? For what? Stickball with the DiMaggio brothers? You fucking idiots. <laughs> fuck off. You're keeping it. Go to keep these these streets safe and keep this statue here. So we can teach our kids about a great American like Columbus. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, he fucking threw all the Native Americans. He literally Columbus came here just to invent the threshing machine so he could throw all the fucking Native Americans into it. You fucking dicks. Uh, but yeah, by all means, go ahead and protect that fucking dumbass statue. But who? who I don't know. I just I don't. You just you're just you just get all hopped up on Spumoni and you grab your thumper bat and you get out there to fucking defend a statue. I suppose. I guess that's what it is. But that's what I'm saying. Doesn't it? Don't you look at it like it's stupid? Isn't it all stupid? That that to me is the that's the biggest transgression. Okay, and I know there are people who are like, "Well, wait a minute, what about this?" And but but you don't understand. I fine if you've, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm nihilistic enough to not have a cause or to not care or to not. I don't I don't give a fuck if somebody kneels for the flag because who cares? I don't care if somebody salutes the flag because who cares? And also, if you all want to salute the flag, all dude, let me put it this way. 
If you're at a ball game and a fucking guy kneels during the national anthem and I don't give a fuck. You want to boo him? I don't care. Whatever the fuck. That's also stupid, but go ahead. But if there was some motherfucker who decided to stand the entire game and salute, literally all nine innings or all both halves of a football game, just stood there with his hand up fucking, you know, his fucking head and saluting like a soldier, not a hand on heart, but just saluting and saluted the flag the entire game. I'd say, go for it, tough guy. I, I don't care unless you're unless you're in the seat in front of me, which is a fucking drag. But I mean, other than that go for it. Do all that dumb shit. Again, people land at the free home of the brave, whatever the fuck. All that's fine. But it's always land of the free to do the shit that I think you should do, but not the shit you want to do because that's the wrong thing to do. And then it turns into a huge fucking dog pile. And, and the, again, then it gets weaponized in the other way where it's like fucking Nazis are like, well, why are you mad at us then if we're free to go ahead and practice our fucking because you're you're scumbags. That's why. All right. I know there's just exceptions. You're scumbags. The clan are scumbags. Uh, cops are being fucking scumbags and they're fucking hurting everybody and shooting them and hitting in the face with batons and shit. And I just I just I'm more fucking upset at, at, at how stupid it is. I told you this. I don't understand how anybody can support any of it. I don't. The people that I like people I knew growing up, I go and they embarrass me every day because I see them on social media and they're just like, well, what's wrong with saying all lives matter? And it's like, oh, dude, you can't. I mean, Google it. Just Google it and read a little bit and try to have some critical thinking. That's it. It's all you got to do. Well, I'll tell you, they lost me once they started rooting and lieting. Uh, and I said, I'm sorry, rooting and lighting. They said, no, lie, lie, lieting and rooting. And I said, wait, what do you mean lieting and rooting? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, rioting and looting. I'm sorry, I'm so flabbergasted about these actions in the streets. Oh, are you? Are you that upset from your fucking cocoon and plain field? <laughs> You're so bummed. And they, and again, that thing where they try to pivot, like, oh, I guess blacks didn't care about black on black violence until now. And now they're all upset at the cops. But, but, but. And it's just like. everybody weaponizes their argument without seeing the other person's side. They always take things out of context completely and utterly. And you're just like, if you would just, if you just admit that you don't want to see the other side at all, that's it. I'm going to use this as an example. And again, I've been talking about this for a while. Baseball. Um, They're still trying to play baseball, but are they? I don't know if they are now because all these fucking players are getting sick and who the fuck knows. So they got this thing going on, right? Where all of a sudden it was, uh, the players have been negotiating and and the owners keep coming to them with the same offer packaged differently all three times. And the players are like, what about this? And the owners are like, ha ha, what about this? It's the same offer. Players are like, well, wait, let's, let's tinker with it. How about this? And then the play, the owners give them the same offer three different ways. So finally the players are just like, all right, fuck this. You know what I mean? You, you, because the players have the right to file a grievance against the owners for bargaining in bad faith. So they just finally said, all right, well, fuck, you, you will not bargain with us. You will not give us a different offer. So just tell us when and where. Tell us when and where to play. And that that freaked the owners out because they're trying to break the union and they don't want to tell them when and where to play because then the, the, immediately the players will file a grievance, which they will probably win like they won the fucking collusion trial uh, you know, years ago, and they'll get hundreds of millions of dollars extracted from the owners for their bullshit. So the owners don't want to give them the opportunity to file the grievance. So once the players went, well, just fucking tell us when and where then. Then the owners made their first serious offer. And they said, okay, play 60 games, then here's this, 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 and this. 
And then they went to the press and they said, I think we've got a deal. And the player's like, we didn't have a fucking deal. We didn't agree to that at all. What about 70 games? And then the owner's like, oh, we had a deal at 60. What's wrong with you? And then all these fucking people were like, look at the players. They said when and where. And then the owners gave them a deal for 60 games. Now they want 70. That's not when and where. They said, well, yeah, but part of the deal that the owners gave them with the 60 games was that the players had to agree to waive the grievance. So the players had to say, yeah, we will not file the grievance against you for bargaining in bad faith. And and they were only giving the players an extra 10 games. The players wanted to play 100 games and then they wanted to play 85 games. Well, the, the owners don't want to pay them for that amount of games. That's why they're trying to get as little games as possible, but more playoffs because they'll make more money from TV, but not give any of it to the fucking players because they're fucking scumbags, 30 scumbags. And why can't people see that? Who is rooting for owners and mad at players? What the fuck? Who roots against labor? It drives me out of my fucking skull. And yes, it's been a fucking theme on this show where I get mad at people because they get mad at athletes because athletes make so much money. And it's like, fuck you. They make money because there's only like a hundred guys who can do what they do in the world. Why the fuck shouldn't they get paid? You dicks. But because everybody in the world grew up playing baseball and they said, well, you know, I wish I could have played baseball for, I'd do it for half that. (laughs) Yeah, but nobody would pay to see you. You chuckle fuck. Nobody wants to watch you swing and miss. Go to the batting cage. See if anybody gives you a fucking nickel for your half-ass efforts. I can switch hit. You're a bum. A fucking slob. You know what? Go to the batting cage and lean in it. Take one for the fucking team. Take it right in the cheekbone and go home, you dick. But all week now, or I should say for the last three days, I've been reading fans crucify players. Oh, I thought you said when and where. I thought you said when and where. I guess that was a lie, huh? I guess that was a total lie. Well, no, no. They said when and where, when they were going to be able to file the grievance. That was the whole point. But now if you try to say, hey, here's 10 more games rather than 50, you'll do 60. Uh, and then the owners still get everything that they wanted with the fucking money from the playoffs and expanded playoffs and the DH and advertising on the jerseys. Like literally all the players got was 10 extra games. And the player's like, well, no, 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 we'll do it. But let's talk about 70 games. And then the owner's like, ah, oh, I, I, we're never making a counter offer. You know, it looks like this is never going to happen. And it's because, you know why? Here's what's really happening. The owners uh, are running out the clock. Because they were hoping the germ would do something like it did the last few days and make a ton of guys sick so they can hide behind that and cancel the season. Because, again, billionaires don't need to play baseball. They don't. They can just go, oh, we're still billionaires. This is pretty cool. And there are players who are like, eh, this kind of sucks. We're not going to make any money this year. And that does blow. It's terrible. Um, But the owners knew if they canceled the season, they would take the brunt of it for PR-wise. They've been trying to break the union since fucking March and, and haven't been able to do it. And so now they're going to hide behind the germ and claim safety. And and look, all of these leagues are going to be doing this. Like, like I just, I, you know, I didn't even finish my thought about the Sabres and the fucking Flyers. In 75, the Flyers played the Sabres in the finals, and it was so hot in Buffalo, there was fog in the building. And I don't mean just like, oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, look at this, you know, weird. Uh, no, no, no. You couldn't see the puck on TV because they were skating in knee-deep fog because the the reaction of ice and the warm weather and the mugginess it just, I get a weather or whatever the fuck. Look, what am I, fucking John Coleman? No. What am I, Flip Spiceland? No. What am I, Dallas Rains? No, I'm not a meteorologist. Uh, but whatever the fuck happened with like mugginess and the sun and heat and then the ice inside the building and all the people, the body heat, whatever the fuck. And the very fact that dead fucking, uh, uh, <laughs> fucking Dave Schultz was in there with his afro. That alone was hot and caused enough of a fucking reaction. But these guys are skating in knee deep fucking fog. And... Let me ask you something. If there's a germ right now that is being 
transmitted via water droplets. Do you want to be anywhere with ice in a muggy environment that possibly a fog can be coming off of that ice into a cloud that seeps into your fucking lungs? No, no, you don't. Basketball players are keep they, they keep saying basketball players are going to play. All these fans are just like, yeah, no, basketball is going to start any time now. And then their basketball players are like, um, but there's there's a lot of shit we got to figure out before we play. Guys like I mean like LeBron wants to play. He's like, yeah, and and you know it was funny. I think it was Patrick Beverly who said, hey man, if LeBron's hooping, we're all hooping, which is fine. But then there are other players who were just like, hey, are we going to put Black Lives Matter on our uniforms? Or are we going to put Black Lives Matter on the court? Because the you know there are people. It's not just because of the germ. They're saying they don't want to play because it will take attention away from the the uprising that's happening, from the from the the people who are fighting for constant change every single day and night. They don't want people to be distracted by the NBA and and they feel that it would be doing an injustice to the people who are doing the hard work on the front lines. And this lands a, a whole lot harder for the NBA, which is, you know, a, a I, I got to say 95% black league. That's what my guess would be. Um, so, so for them, it's, it's, it hits them a lot harder as an issue than it does anybody else. And they've got to be determining what the fuck they're going to do. But also they keep putting the date off. Well, it's going to be the end of July. It's going to be this. Oh, we're, we're looking to be playing the finals in October. And like, it's just like, dudes, I, I know there's a lot of money involved and I know people want you to play and there's all this fucking scram, but just, you don't, these are all bastardized seasons as it is. Like, you know, they're talking now too about baseball. They're like, hey man, we'll start. Well, uh, there will be no extra innings this season. Everything will end in a tie to avoid exposure to the germ. And also, uh, or no, it was, it was um, they would play one extra inning, but every each team would get a guy on second base at the start of the inning or some dumb. And you're just like, what the fuck? Just don't play. This is stupid. You, you might as well just say, all right, well, look, here's the thing. Uh, we're going to set up milk bottles on a platform behind home plate. And if the pitcher can knock them all off, that's a strikeout right away. You can just go sit down. I mean, it's, it's just fucking dumb, man. So we live, and I, I think I said this months ago, we live in an unserious country during serious times. There are, there are people who won't wear masks because they say it's against their, their there's a dude at Trump's rally today. And he said that like his neighbor's daughter died of COVID. And, and then he had another friend who's, who had a relative who had it. So he was like, so I know it's real. Now he's wearing a Trump shirt and a Trump hat. He's like, so I know it's real, but you know, both sides tend to use this for their own weapon, you know? And so I don't know who to believe, you know, I, I know that these people had it, but also the numbers don't add up. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What numbers don't add up? Here's the only number you need to know that adds, that adds up two. as in, you know, two people that died from this disease. And now you're standing in line with a bunch of mouth breathers, not wearing a fucking mask. So you can cheer on the guy who once fired fucking Brett Michaels from poison because he made the wrong napkin doily or whatever the fuck you got to be kidding me. So that's how cheaply you, you hold your life. That's how, how you look at your fellow countrymen. You're willing to risk your death to go stand in a room and watch a bronzed up fucking dope with a goofy ass orange wig come on stage and tell you that one time he uh, winked at Diane Cannon and he thought he could have done her. Like, I mean, I mean, what are you doing? You know, people, you literally know people who've died from this and yet you're willing to stand in a fucking room with these fucking nobodies. Oh my God. 
And so then, it, 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 like I said, it tips into that schadenfreude where you're just like, yeah, die. Cool. Cool. Everybody went to that rally today. I hope you die. I hope all of them die. Now, look, I don't want them to die. Really? Or do I? I don't know. And that's, and that's another thing. And I've talked about this too. I, I don't want to confront that part of me. I don't want to be a guy who's, who's, yeah, I hope all of them fucking die. Oh, they all need to die. What the fuck? We know what's wrong. These people need to fucking die. No, no, I don't. Again, I, I would, I would prefer that they smartened up, but I mean, is that going to happen? I don't fucking know. I don't know what's going to happen with any of it. And I, like I said, I sit in my house and I think to myself, well, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I like, I like California. I love it. It's my home. I'm not going to go anywhere. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to fucking Ireland, whatever the fuck. But then I turn on, I, 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 I see what happened with, with Chris D'Elia this week, you know? And, and that's, like I said, when I said sexism took over for racism this week, it, it's just, it's, it's all out there and it's all just, I can't even, I've, t- I've said this on this show for, you know, I've been doing this 12 years and I've said this virtually every year. Like I would not, I would not want to be a woman. I would have no interest in being a woman. I can't imagine the challenges I, and, and I can't imagine how difficult it would be. Same thing with, with, like I said, with being a black person, it is, it is, it is the albatross around the neck of this country. It is our national embarrassment that women are still placed into these secondary roles, that black people are still fighting for equal rights. We're talking fucking centuries, man. Centuries. Not even not even a year, not even uh, you know, a couple of years, not even decades. We're talking centuries. This is the way this shit has happened. And and I, I don't understand. It's why when I see, you know, when I... I, I this thing happened with Dalia this week, and 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 look, I, I'm gonna say this: I don't know this fucking guy. I've never met him, never been in a room with him. Don't know a fucking thing about him. Uh, when I was trying to explain, because I know somebody else who didn't know who he was, like, and, and was asking me like, "Who is this fucking guy?" And I'm like, uh, "He's a comedian who sells out fucking giant theaters. Like, he crushes. That's what he does. And he's an actor. Uh, and I go, and I think I think he's a good actor, but as a stand-up, he's Dane Cook. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, he's just." He's just that dude who inspires that kind of bro audience to be fucking on board. And he appeals to young people, which, you know, hey, God love him, because I know I didn't fucking ever do that. I was just doing bits. I unfortunately was never cool enough or, or smart enough to angle myself in a way where I could appeal to young people in that sense. You know what I mean? Certainly not on stage. Um, and he, he's a, he's another one of these dudes with a bunch of unearned confidence. And and there's nothing wrong with that because I didn't have it. And again, like I said, I I'm jealous of it when I see it. Guys, guys who were just kind of walking hard ons who were kind of like you know I, I have to admit I I I get a little intimidated sometimes when I see guys who have so much confidence oozing out of them because in my brain, you know I'm doing this show now on on late on Saturday night because I don't know if I have anything good to say. So I fucking wind up going, ah, eh, you know, what should I do this or what should I, I should go this route, whatever. But these fucking guys who just, just put out anything they do and everything they do and just go, yep, here we go. This is me. I'm fucking awesome. And then they, they wind up getting that, that cult of dudes who, who follow them and also think they're awesome. There's a guy I'm going to, all right, I'm just going to say this. Um, you know, there's that whole group of dudes from the comedy store. It's all those dudes. And it's all, it's all a lot of Joe Rogan's guys, you know what I mean? And, um, there's Rogan and then there's, uh, you know, he's got Andrew Santino and he's got fucking Tony, kill Tony Hinchcliffe. And he's got these dudes that just, they, it's, 
I have to admit, I am I am a little intimidated by watching them because they just feel like they're the shit. It's so wild to watch. I've never felt like that, and that would be a really cool thing. I mean, I've I've felt like that after I've done my work. I felt like that after I've done a show that I went, that's a fucking home run. That was fucking badass. And I felt like it in the moment. But the rest of the time, I'm walking around just going, ah, fuck, I got to do that again. How could I possibly good? How could I be as good as I was last week? That's not going to fucking happen. You know what I mean? What if, what if somebody listens this week for the first time and they're going to go, oh man, he wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be. When in reality, if they would have listened to last week's show, they would have fucking hurt. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's how my stupid fucking brain works. But when I, I see these dudes, you know, they, they, they hang out at the store, but I will say this. All right. Like, you know, I, uh, a lot of these dudes are funny. Um, there is a dude, uh, who hangs out with these guys who has become famous and he was famous already. Um, his name's Brendan Schaub. And uh, and if you don't know who Brendan Schaub is, good for you. Brendan Schaub is is just a fucking steakhead former MMA fighter, and 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 got into comedy via Rogan. Like started doing the podcast, then I guess he was kind of glib. So then he started getting stage time. Now I think he's had a comedy special. And I've I've seen five minutes of his stand-up and just went, Jesus fucking Christ, who likes this? Who likes this dude at all? There, there's, a, there's a fucking Twitter account I follow that just literally puts up 30-second clips of him being fucking stupid on his podcast, saying dumb shit, mispronouncing words, and and it's embarrassing. And it, it's funny because again, I've I've talked before. I like Joe Rogan. Uh, I got, you know, I don't have a beef with, with, with him. I wanted to do a show for the longest time. I just, I could never get into that loop. Um, and then these other guys like Ian Edwards is a fucking genius. He's a great comic. He's fucking phenomenal. He's with Rogan all the time. You know, I, I think Joe knows funny dudes. I look, I'll tell you, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, there's a guy named Theo Vaughn. Like I, uh, I wanted to hate him. I wanted to just be like, I don't fucking get this guy. It, what? Cause he was like a road rules dude or something. He came from fucking MTV. And so you get that built in thing where it's like, Oh fuck, look at this guy taking the easy way in. And then unfortunately I saw him and I'm like, ah, oh, man, Theo Vaughn's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wanted to just hate him. I want, it's like, it's like Steve O from fucking jackass. Like I can be just like, Oh, that guy's a fucking piece of shit. Like, you know, he tries stand up or whatever the fuck. And he's awful. He's just fucking vomiting on himself or piercing his clit or whatever the fuck he's doing. Good for him. And it's just fucking monkey hour, which is great. But you see Theo Vaughn and I'm like, Oh, this guy's funny, man. Why? Why? What a drag. I wanted to hate that dude. But none of that showed up with Shab. I, I see fucking Brendan Schaub and I'm just like, this guy is fucking awful. He's just not interesting or funny in the least. You know what I mean? He's, he's, you know who he is? He's the, he's the kind of guy, this is exactly who Brendan Schaub is. He's the kind of guy who would like, who would take a shit in, in your, in the locker room and then he would throw the piece of shit at you. And then you would freak out because, you know, don't throw fucking shit at me. And he'd be like, oh, you pussy can't take a fucking joke or oh, whatever. And like he'd get the rest of the team like to kind of laugh at you because he was a meathead fuckhead and they didn't want to get on the wrong side of him. Or he'd, he'd like, you know, he, he's probably the kind of guy that thinks practical jokes are funny. Like he would piss in your bag and be like, ah, ha, ha, hilarious. I pissed on your shit, man. That's funny. Oh, man. Don't, oh, don't be a fu-. you know, just a bully. Just a fucking complete asshole with unearned confidence and and look he, he can have confidence as a fighter i don't give a fuck i think he knocked fucking uh, uh big nog out good for him but as a fucking comic get the fuck out he's just so he can't talk his malaprops are just so fucking terrible he's just he's just awful so i had to see clips all this fucking week 
after the Dalia thing where everybody's like, because, and oh, by the way, if you don't know what Dalia did, all right, let me, I'll explain it. Chris Dalia is a comedian <clears throat> and uh, apparently he sent a note to an underage girl. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, oh, that could happen to anybody. Well, sure it could. Um, but what if you send 50 notes to 50 underage girls? Would that be, would that be something I could interest you in hating possibly? Uh, again, when the story broke, I literally was on Twitter and I was reading it for like 10 minutes and someone texted me and they said, Hey man, uh, do you know who Chris D'Elia is? He's the new Chris Hardwick. And I was like, I'm literally just reading the story now. I go, but I have to be honest. I go, this is, it's, it's only been going on here for like a half hour that I've been reading it. And so far it's a lot of anonymous people in text bubbles. Like I, I haven't seen yet anybody. And I wasn't reading it intensely. I'd only glanced at it, but I said, it's, te- it's anonymous people in text bubbles is what it is. I don't, it's a lot of a friend of a friend of a friend stuff. And I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait and see what happens here. Cause we know it's Twitter and we know what the fuck happens on Twitter. And my friend was like, true. And, um, an hour later, <laughs> I texted my friend and I go, Hey, I've been reading this now for an hour. And, uh, yeah, no, this isn't anonymous and fuck that guy. And, uh, Pat's like, yep. It was, it was my buddy, Pat Francis. And he's just like, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, cause fuck that guy. Cause, cause, cause here's the thing. And people are like, again, I see people come out to defend him. And look, I understand if you like his humor or whatever the fuck that that's fine. And I've done this before on here with Louis CK. Bill Cosby, you know, I, I listened to Bill Cosby's albums. I think Bill Cosby's albums are fucking legendary. They're funny. I, I know he's a monster. I know he's in jail. He's a terrible person and he ruined many lives. I understand that. And so that will always cloud my interpretation of him and the material that he delivers. I get it. But at the same time, you know, I, I grew up not knowing he was a monstrous fucking drugging rapist. And so those records kind of formed me when I was a kid. I'd listened to, you know, Bill Cosby and the, the, the himself special, I think it was. And then there was these early comedy albums and then fat Albert. And like, so this thing where you can kind of separate the work from the deed is, is, and it's look, it's difficult as fuck. Like I said, even with Louie, I, I mean, I thought Louie was an incredibly talented standup comedian. I loved his specials. And then I'd always heard those stories floating around about him. I'm like, what a fucking shit bag. And it's just fucking terrible. You know? And, and, and he's, it's and this thing where people apologize for them. And that's, that's got to drive, victims nuts. It's got to drive women nuts. It has to just, it has to just where you just, you figure your shit because people will be like, why didn't you come forward earlier? Why didn't you do this? And it's like, well, because everybody explains his shit away. I just saw a fucking clip of Whitney Cummings who gave Dalia a job on her show. And Whitney Cummings is explaining that Brian Callen is a sex pest and Brian Callen's sitting there. They're laughing. They think it's hilarious. And she's telling a story about when he pulled his dick out in the car and she screamed and they're telling the story like it's like it's just like uh, a fucking open mic. Like they're just, and I'm like, and, and maybe she's chosen to not be traumatized by that, and that's totally fine. And Brian's her friend, and and Chris is their friend, and that's and that's another gray area we get into. This is the thing. It's so, it's so fucking hard. Because Whitney, you know, she then she put out a statement about the Leah, and she's like, and now that I've learned about Chris, I blah blah blah, and then people are like. You used to talk about it all the time. You used to joke all the time about it. And now, now because he's getting fucking quote unquote canceled or they're coming after him, he's on the front page of the LA times. And, and so now everybody's got to scramble and go to the bomb shelters. And, and you know, what's going to happen is the is going to lay low for six months and then he's getting another job. He's going to go on a tour. He might even tour with Louie. Who the fuck knows? And that's, that's what I mean when I say 
it has to drive victims crazy. It has to drive women crazy. Because I wouldn't want to be a woman in virtually any industry. You know, and because first of all, you're, you're supposed to be hot all the time. And if you're not hot, you're useless. And you got to be young all the time. And if you're not young, you're useless. I can't imagine what it would be like to be like a fucking woman who wants to be a stand-up comic. That's why I have so much respect for like Jackie Cation, Maria Bamford, because especially, especially when you think about Maria, Maria is crazy different. All right. Her, her act is so different from what you'd normally see anyway. So imagine her going up at open mic nights when she was formulating who she was and what her act was and having to go up for fuckheads just sitting there in their fucking Air Jordans and, and, and drinking and laughing and pointing at her or whatever the fuck and making fun of her and not laughing, even worse, just fucking staring at her because they didn't get it. And then she had to just fucking go up and, and, and she continued and look what she's made. She's made a fucking empire. Good for her. Jackie Cation is one of the top 10 comics in the fucking country. She works her ass off before the germ. She's doing two sets a night everywhere. She could be in New York she's doing two sets a night, any, anywhere she was, unless she was on the road doing stand up on a Thursday, but then she'd probably still find some open mic somewhere because that's who she is. And then there's part of me that goes, all right, is Jackie doing this because she loves comedy, loves the pursuit of it, loves to get better at it? Or is Jackie doing it because she knows that she's got to work that much harder in order to get jobs in comedy because there's so much bias against women, even if she's done Conan, even if she's been on all the fucking shows? I don't know. I haven't talked to her about it. I, I you know, it's... Because again, that's another thing. <laughs> as, as we unpeel this fucking onion, I can't expect Jackie Cation to educate me on what it's like to be a woman in comedy. It's not her fucking job. Her job is to be funny. That's it. So if I'm genuinely curious, like, well, tell me. I mean, the, the road must have been so rough. It's so difficult. I mean, it's so she's not here to educate me. It's the same thing with black people. When we talk about fucking Juneteenth and whatever the fuck else and all these other things that are happening. And, uh, oh, my God, it's been so long. Or why have you been held back? Or... Well, black people don't want to fucking sit here and educate you. Black people are trying to dig the fuck out from the mess that has been piled on top of them for fucking not joking hundreds of years. And and I don't know. I, I'm embarrassed. Aren't you embarrassed? Doesn't this make you... <laughs> it, it, it makes you angry, but it makes you sad. It makes me sad. That this is still happening. These women came forward and called out Dalia, and there's all these fucking dudes defending him. Not famous dudes, because famous dudes know it's a minefield right now, and there's nothing they can do. But all the roaches on Twitter, all those people come out, and they and they talk about, oh, it was a bit. Oh, Kira Sultanovich wrote a big thing about how she just wished that men would defend her and defend defend this, and admit, you know, just say you're not alone. And then guys are like, you know, she'd say stuff about like, I, you know, this makes you want to quit comedy. And then guys like, oh, you're a comedian. Well, try being funny. Why don't you try being funny instead of just trying to get famous after going after Chris D'Elia? And it's like, what did here? Sultanovich is a working fucking comedian. She kills it. She does great work. But these ass fucks, because everybody's so glib, everybody's so quick to just fucking dismiss it. Everybody's quick to defend their team. I'm team D'Elia. He would have never done this. Well, here are. 80 text messages that he sent. Well, I mean, do you have proof? Here's 80 text messages. Oh, yes. But in these messages, you know, once he finds out that the girl is 17 or 16, he, he sends like a cute emoji and he's like, oh, too young. And I go, yeah, but then he keeps asking her to come to his show in Vancouver and to hang out. And then he says, can we make out? Well, yeah, but also there's no picture. So if there's no picture, I don't think it's Chris, you know, and, and well, you know, if you weren't so fucking jealous, if you just worked on your act, you wouldn't have to take another successful guy down. Oh, my God. 
you can never win ever. They will always defend. They will always deflect. They will always both sides it all the fucking time. And, and then it like, here's another thing too. When the thing happened with Louie and it kept going around, then people went after Sarah Silverman. They're like, well, you defended Louie. Like he was your friend. Like you said he was a good, why didn't you fucking attack? Why didn't you take him out? I mean, you had an opportunity to tell everybody, but you still fucking hung out with him. So obviously you were okay with it, which is the same thing as when you get raped, why didn't you call the cops? Which is the same thing as when you got sexually harassed at work, why didn't you say something to HR? Because it never gets fixed. Ever. I, I, I can't imagine the terror and the powerlessness women feel in, in, in that situation. And then afterwards, just knowing that it's going to be just powerlessness from that point on. And again, the, the real fucking bitch of it is if you do go to the cops and you do get a case and you get, they get a test and they catch the guy and they bring him in. Now you got to go sit on a fucking stand in a courtroom and testify with him staring at you and you trying to hold it together because you want to put the fucking guy away. But at the same time, you never wanted to see this fucking guy again because that was the most traumatic moment of your life. And now you're, you're 15 feet away from him as he stares at you. And maybe once he licks his lips, as he looks in your eyes while you talk and you go, Oh my God, what the fuck am I doing here? I saw these women writing all, all fucking week about Dalia and, and Hey, when I was 17, when I was 16, when I was 21, and that's nothing to a girl will be like when I was 21 and guys will go, Oh, it doesn't seem like that's underage to me. 21 doesn't seem underage. No, but it's still fucking creepy. This dude's 34 or whatever the fuck. She's 21. It's just, it's just not. But unfortunately we live in a society where they encourage you to go. Oh yeah. I got to get the hot young chicks. Or you got to get the young girls or whatever the fuck. And I don't, I don't know what to do about any of it. I really don't. Every billboard, like I, I've, I've talked about this before. Pussy sells everything in this country. It drives the fucking bus. It drives the boat. It drives the fucking plane. Because everybody wants it. Other people are offering it. They want, do you want it? You should buy this because you'll get it. It's, it's pussy rules the fucking world. And, and there are women who, who don't want to be part of that machine. There are women who just want to be people and they want to tell jokes because they want to tell jokes or they want to, they want to meet a celebrity because they think he might be a nice guy because they like his act and they don't think that he's going to try to finger blast them in a fucking hotel hallway by the ice machine. It's, it's embarrassing that this is going on all the time. And like I said, I don't know what to do about it. And then, and then there's another thing like Jeff Ross got caught up in it. There's a woman out there who has pictures, photographic evidence, and a story that she dated Jeff Ross from the time she was 15 to the time she was 17. Now dated is strong because apparently he was fucking other people at the same time. But for her, it was like this magical thing. And then it turned out to be horrible. And now she's 36 and, uh, and she's, she's not doing too good. And I watched the videos and I saw her proof and, uh, and I will admit my bias to you. I, I was, I watched it and even knowing that the older person is always at fault, even knowing that the older man is a predator when this happens, she told her story and I kind of went, well, and I shouldn't, 
that's my inherent bias. That's something I have to get past. That's something I have to learn. I honestly wanted to call, like, I, I don't, I mean, I have women friends, you know what I mean? And I wanted to text them and go, Hey, I want to ask you about this. But again, that's along the lines of asking Jackie, how hard was it? I don't, women don't want to educate me on, on sex pests and, Hey, why don't you smile? You're so pretty when you smile, like all that shit is real. And I get it. And I know it. But when this woman told this story, I, I just, I have, like I said, I admit my inherent bias where, you know, she was the aggressor. And she fully admits it. She's like, I was the aggressor. I wore a little outfit. I, you know, he wanted to go to a movie and I dragged him up to his house because I wanted to fuck him right away. She's 15. Told her father she was going to do it. And he said, cool. He was so excited that she was going to bang the guy they had watched on Letterman the night before, which is a whole other fucking unhealthy relationship that you can talk about. But then she takes Jeff Ross and she fucks him. And then he even says, she says he asked like four times, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you, you're, you oh my God, you're so young. You're sure you want to do this. And then finally she's like naked and she goes down on him or whatever the fuck. And then they fuck and, and then they start off this two year relationship where, you know, she, again, the way it is, is she's all excited and he's excited until it becomes like she wants to be his girlfriend. And he's like, eh, nah, you know what I mean? And, and then she's fucking, you know, then she's all fucked up. She'd been to weddings. She's been hanging out with comics, all this stuff. She, whatever, she was in the whole scene and she, she names all these names. All these guys know me. Barry Katz knows me. I went to his wedding in LA. He flew me to Los Angeles. All these, her stories, she has facts. She has photos. She has all of it. And, and she's, she's in therapy and she's looking, but now she wants to sue Jeff Ross 20 years later. She wants to sue him for statutory rape because I guess the statute of limitations, you know, it's the, you can sue until the age of 40 in California and now in New York as well. So she's looking for pro bono lawyers who will take the case so she can go after Jeff Ross. And she said that there's all these other details she's not sharing until she gets into court. And, and I, I have to admit again, the bias inside me, I watched it and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know why this is happening. Why are you doing this? You fully admit that you were the aggressor. You wanted this. He asked you four times or whatever the fuck. Do you sure you sure you sure by that time you're naked and on top of him. And then he goes through with it. Now, is he fucking stupid for going through with it? Yes. You don't want to be in a fuck. You don't, don't know. You should never be in a room with a 15 year old girl. The fuck are you doing? And you should never I talked about this before when I thought I was going to be dating people. I was like, what's the age? Like I, because I would have nothing to offer anybody younger than me. As far as I'm concerned, I'm this old crotchety fucking dude. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm in the old Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus phase of my life at this point. You know what I mean? I've got, I'm no, I'm not exciting. I'm not going to take you out and be like, Hey, let's do, let's do the town. It's whirlwind time. Let's go dance in and have a fun time. No, 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 no. I'm, Hey, let's read a book and watch a movie and that'll be awesome. And stay up late and tell ghost stories. You know what I mean? Like I'm not young or impressive at all. So I couldn't even imagine because for me, I, I couldn't, what the fuck would I have? I wouldn't want to even talk to a 15 year old, let alone fuck them. I don't even know what the fuck, what would you have in common? What would you ever have these? Cause it's gotta be more right than just fucking them. But also what the fuck do I know? I don't know. I don't know. But she told her story and, and it's terrible. And I'm sorry that she feels the way that she feels. And he's absolutely in the fucking wrong, man. He was, he, he kept up the relationship knowing how young she was. He fucked her the first time he kept going back for more and he kept doing that. He met her father, all these different fucking things and, and fuck him for all of that. But I have to admit when I first heard her told the story, I was just like, uh, yeah, but you, you initiated all this. Like you, you made all this happen. And he asked you several times, are you sure you want to do this? 
And that's all predicated on someone that young can't make the proper decision. The older person needs to make the proper decision. And I completely agree with that. And that's why I think fuck him. And if she can take him to court, go ahead. But I, I'm in all honesty, I'm telling you when I first heard it, I was like, and this was your idea. Like this was your fucking idea. Now you want to throw him in jail for what was your idea? Um, and these, these are biases, I guess, in, in my head. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard, man. And I look, it's harder for her because she went through it. It's harder for women because they're going through it. It's harder for black people. Nobody wants to hear me piss and moan about how, again, like I was teasing, I'm exhausted after two weeks. Uh, or, I mean, this is so hard, man. I don't know what the fuck to do. Well, it, it's even harder for the people that are involved in it, man. And then these clips went around to fucking Joey Diaz. You know Joey Diaz? Joey Coco Diaz, Uncle Joey? He's, uh, he hangs out with Rogan. And uh, he's on the show. He's a comic. And uh, he's just fucking funny. He's, he's a fucking powerhouse, man. I mean, you just watch him and you're like, holy fuck. And look, sometimes do you fucking hate him? Yes. But, but he tells stories that are fucking funny and he tells them in an incredibly funny way. He's just... I mean, he'll, he'll have the funniest dudes sitting around a table and he'll crack them the fuck up. Now, is he a terrible fucking guy? Sure seems like it. I mean, you know, I mean, if I was his friend, it'd be a different story. But what I'm saying is like when he, I mean, look, I've told stories about beating the fuck out of a car. I've, I've told all sorts of dumb stories and you guys are like, ah, Mike, you know, and that's the way with Joey Diaz. Joey, he tells these fucking horrible stories and people are like, uncle Joey. And it's like, yeah, because he tells fucking funny stories in a fucking hilarious way. But also the stories are all like, Hey man, I am a shit bag. Listen to this fucking story about what a fucking shit bag I am. You know what I mean? All those guys tell those stories. Like I saw Theo Vaughn clips of him talking about Dalia and how much he loves young girls. And they're all talking about a shit bag. He is. And then you're just like, yeah. And then he gets pinched for being with young girls and everybody's like, Oh, Theo was just kidding. Oh no, no. They were, they were enjoying the fact that they could make fun of their friend liking young girls in public. And it was okay. So Joey does a clip. There's a clip of him from like 10 years ago on Rogan, where he's talking about making girls give him head to get stage time. And it's, uh, look, man, it's fucking disgusting. It just is. It's a fucking terrible story. If it's real, that's the thing. You don't know. Is it real? Is it not real? Is it him just fucking around? I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's, he's also, he's just a funny storyteller. So you're like, all right, there's beats and cadence there that works. And, uh, and yet that, that fucking story, when the Dalia thing hit the fan, people found that and they put it out there. And they're like, fuck this guy too. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's telling stories on stage or on a podcast. Uh, it's not the same as soliciting these fucking young girls to meet him for sex. It's not. And this is, again, the disconnect I run into. As a comedian, I've told you before, uh, funny excuses everything in my book, but it's got to be funny. You know, and... Uh, and look, did I think that particular story from Joey is funny? No, but I've seen him be extremely funny other times and I know what he was going for. But people still want to come after him. They want to cancel him now. They want to cancel Rogan for having him on and being friends and everybody wants to cancel comedy and they want to cancel male comics. And I'm just like, Jesus, fuck. We're going to eat each other, aren't we? We're, we're just going to eat each other because I'll tell you what, like I said, I don't I don't disagree with, with, with some of the things people are saying, 
but you can't go back 10 years and bring up some shit somebody did and then they're done now. You can't, we can't do this. I mean, unless you physically hurt somebody, I'm talking about talking, you know, well, I'm talking about Joey specifically, Dalia, fuck you. You're fucking hitting on underage girls. There's fucking receipts. You're trying to meet him and all this shit. Cause I'll tell you what, this is all the shit we know about. How many fucking underage girls do we not know that he actually got to meet and bang? Cause that's lurking out there. How many, how many underage girls were cool with it? And they think they have a great story that they fucked Chris D'Elia. And so they will never tell anybody what happened. You know, like, like the girl who dated Jim Ross or Jeff Ross. She was uh, Jim Ross from wrestling. The girl who dated Jeff Ross was all about it. She was all about it for those two years. And now she looks back and she's all fucked up. She can't, she's, she's, she's regretful. And, and so she wants to do something about it. So who's to say that there aren't these girls that Dalia banged who in 10 years are going to be like, Oh yeah, fucking Chris Dalia. You know, he ruined me. He messed me up. He did this. He did that. And, and I won't know what to do then either because <laughs> people will say, well, why didn't you come forward when they were fucking going after Chris? And then she'll be like, well, I, at the time I didn't know I wasn't, I was fine with it. And, and you can't legislate anybody's pain. You can't, I mean, there might be laws, there might be statutes of limitations. There might be all of these different things that people have to adhere to regarding a criminal or a civil case. But as far as somebody coming out 30 years later and going, Hey, that guy fucking raped me and I I couldn't talk about it then, but I'm ready to now. You have to believe these women have been through 30 years of fucking hell to even reach this fucking point. And, and I've mentioned I'm embarrassed and I'm saddened and I'm tired of it. I don't, and I don't know what to do. You want to help. You want to help people. You want to, you want to do what you can to make people right. But then, like I said, then, then people go after Joey for jokes and I'm like, I, you know, it's just fucking it's bits. And again, I grew up, I, I, I have a much more lenient viewpoint of material and jokes and comedy. Cause I mean, I've, I've been in it my, basically my entire adult life. You know, I, I've been about comedy and stand up and hanging out with comics since fucking 1989. So you're talking 31 years when I was 21, I immersed myself in this life and, and Hey man, I've said some dumb shit myself on stage and off. And, and you say dark shit in the parking lot and you say shit at Denny's after the show. And it's like every comic is trying to one up one another and you're all doing whatever the fuck you're doing. Because again, you get jaded and, and, and I, I will say this too, this, this, this actually resonated with me. I thought of it this week, you know, that, that's, that's an issue as comedians, we get jaded, you know, you're writing jokes, you're writing bits, and then your whole life, it becomes this, you're, you're looking at things from the angle of what's funny about this. You know what I mean? With like nine 11, I was immediately writing bits as OJ was being chased. I was immediately writing bits. Uh, it, it's just what you do. It's my mindset. It's my first thing I do is I think what's the angle here. What's funny. And I'll, I'll run two or three bits in my head almost immediately with fucking everything, you know, and, and, and it was a special mindset for a very long time. And there were certain people like stand up comedians who had that and they became kind of jaded and, um, and so they would kind of look at everything with this fucking at arm's length, like nothing was serious. You didn't take it seriously, but everything was fodder for the mill. And I could I you know, write jokes about fucking anything and everything. 
You can write things about your own personal pain. You write things about the fucking world. You know, when the Waco thing happened, David Koresh, I did bits that night on stage. And, and it's just, it's, that's how I've been always. And now everyone is like that because it used to be, like I said, I was a comic, you know what I mean? So I would, I would watch the George Zimmerman trial and it would end. And then I'd go to the improv with 15 minutes on it. Uh, or I would come to you guys here on the podcast and I'd have something to talk about. Like I, I have a voice, I have an outlet because I have a stage, I have a stage, I have a microphone, I have those things. But the problem is, and again, it, it pivots back to something I've been saying and, and I hate repeating it, but it's true. Social media has turned everyone into that jaded stand-up comedian who just sees laughs everywhere. Everything's a bit. And as I said, that was a special mindset for comics. Not special like precious, like, oh, no one else can do this. No, but it was, it was comics were truth tellers and comics were soothsayers and comics were people who could interpret society in, in, in different ways to try to elicit reactions from people and you could make a living out of it and make it work. And now everyone has their fucking megaphone and everyone has their microphone and everyone has their stage and they're all shouting, whether it's, whether it's the tiniest voice uh, or, or the loudest fucking thunderclap, everyone needs to be heard and everyone looks at everything in a, as a joke or in a, in a jaundiced way where nothing is to be taken seriously and, and hyperbole rules the day. You know, everyone tries to write like every, and that's why, you know, this has been going on forever since Facebook, since all of these things, any comic writes a joke and then you read underneath it and there's 15 guys rewriting a joke or giving their own version. Oh, well, what about this? Oh, but what about that? Oh, what this? And, and it's, it's (laughs) this, here's more hyperbole from the mouth of a comic. It's ruining the world. And, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but, but, and also I recognize social media is not everybody. Okay. There are people who aren't on there and that's good. And I wish I could join them and, and, and live your life in peace, please. Good for you. But everybody thinking everything is funny. Everybody thinking everything is a troll. Everybody thinking that everything is fair game for laughs when they aren't skilled enough to make it palatable, all they're doing is blurting out the lowest hanging fruit. They're not putting a twist on it. They're making sharp. They don't have the skills of a comedian, but they have the instincts and the access and the worldview of a comedian. And so they just vomit out whatever the fuck they can. Meanwhile, like, and that's why I've told you, I've gotten to the point where I don't even want to fucking compete. I don't want to write anything. I don't want to do anything. I just don't. Because it just gets lost in, in, in the fucking chum. And I, I, I don't know what to do. And that gets back to, you know, you've got tons of people who say believe women. And then you've got tons of people who make fun of women for revealing their pain. And then they got people who try to go after guys for just words, Joey Diaz or anybody like that. They're like, oh, yeah, no, we got to cancel that guy. Why? Why? It's a bit. It's a joke. 
But then you've got a bunch of artless fucks who don't know how to do it, who do the same thing that Joey Diaz does. And they're like, ha ha, I'm a comedian or ha ha, whatever. You just don't get jokes. And it's like, no, no, you're just a fucking vacuum head. And, 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 and you're just fucking sucking all the air out of this space by being fucking obnoxious and nobody likes it or you. And yet you shout louder than anyone. And that's why it's, it's so embarrassing. I don't know what to do when I see nobody taking, you know, you'll get, look, there are plenty of people who took women seriously, who took the Dalia women seriously. It was, it was a Twitter account called she rates dogs. And it's a comedian, I believe. And she has a, that's that she rates dogs is a Twitter account. And all she does is she gets text messages. People send her from their exes and she outs them. She doesn't use their names, but she's like, can you believe this guy? Can you believe this guy? Like a lot of shit like that. Or people on Tinder who send like fucked up messages and stuff. That's her, her, she just prints those. And she's just like, Jesus, this fucking guy. And you read that for a day and you, and you want to hide because <laughs> you don't, you don't know how women can do it. You don't, I don't. And, and another thing too, is if I were to say this in a, in, in, on Twitter, there would be a group of people who would call me a virtue signaler or tell me I was an SJW. I was a social justice warrior. And are there'd be guys who'd be like, she's not going to fuck you, dude. Or, you know, everybody's got their clever retort. And that's, that's another issue is you can't be decent without being accused that have an ulterior, you have an ulterior motive because so many people out there have ulterior motives. It's like when these people can't believe that Antifa isn't being paid by George Soros. They insist that they're being paid by George Soros because, uh, they would be paid for whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? It's like when Trump always says somebody else is lying, you're just like, well, that's because he's lying. He's always lying. And then there'll be people like, oh my God, no, the libs, they lie all the time. And it's like, well, so does Trump. And they're like, oh no, what are you talking about? And you're just, it's, it's, it's just so embarrassing. I, I, I wish I had a better word. Humiliating, I suppose, as a nation that, that, that we're this. I watched Trump's rally, just clips. I'm not going to watch him. You know that fuck neck. I'm I, not a fan. Uh, really? What a shock. And uh, I must admit, I was a little heartened by, by the rally um, because it sucked. Because they said that they were going to get like, you know, 800,000 people, whatever the fuck. They kept making up numbers and they got 6,000 people in the building. They were going to do an overflow crowd and do a speech outside. They had to dismantle it because like a dozen people showed up. Now, granted, there were still 6,000 fucking mouth breathers with no masks. But but it was hilarious that to see them try to spin it where they're like, it looks packed. Oh, it's going to be packed in here. And then, you know, Trump was said he's never had an empty seat as to come out and talk to a half room because I mean, it, it looked like it honestly looked like coming out to like a Saturday night late show with like fucking 18 people in the crowd on like a cold winter night in Chicago or something. You know what I mean? It just was, it was so depressing. And then he opened his mouth and he, he, he did all the same stuff that he always does. Like it's, 
it had to be depressing for the people who love him and it had to be weirded out for the people who anticipated he'd be coming out of there with a fucking fire in his belly. All he did was the same show. He's touring the greatest hits and he won't stop. I'm the elite. I'm good looking. They love me. The M13 gang is going to kill people. Sleepy Joe. Uh, And then he tells a story about walking down that fucking ramp and drinking water and he won't stop because people made fun of him because he he walked down that ramp like such a fucking clown. And and it's funny when that happened, I even I tweeted, I go, hey, look, man, I'm a fat guy and I I got bad knees. So sometimes I take one step at a time, too. I kind of. You know, so many other things to make fun of him for. But the thing that makes sense is he he can't stand when you make fun of his virility or his manhood or his strength or any of that shit because he wants to portray himself as such a tough guy. But then he minces down a fucking ramp and everybody's like, oh, look at this fucking idiot. Or when he can't drink water with one arm and he has to grab that with the second arm. So then today at the speech, he's like, he's like, yeah, they said I couldn't drink water. And then he drinks a glass of water and everybody claps. Like, oh, look at our big boy president. He drinks all the water. Yes, he does. He can pick up the glass all the time. He's a big boy. Who's a big boy president? Jesus Christ, people are clapping because he drink water. And then I saw the bit where he's talking about the ramp and he's doing stand-up. He's literally doing that like fake walk and he's going over talking about the general and shit. And it's like, and it's, and also it's bombing. That's the best part. He's getting laughs, but then as he keeps going, he's just... It's like, give him the light, get him the fuck off. Cause now he's just repeating himself. He's talking in circles and you know, he's in trouble when he says he throws out, uh, the term for the germ. He calls it the Kung flu, just this racist, like literally drops a racist anchor in the middle, all of it, because he, he, that's one of those things when you're bombing or you're dying, you go cheap. You're just like, Oh yeah, no, let's do that. And it's funny for me to see him be a comic because He's taken over all of the comedic discourse in this fucking country. This is this is fucking true. Dude, th- that fuckhead, he's replaced dick jokes. I didn't think that was fucking possible. Like, people make him jokes instead of dick jokes. Dick jokes, that was the bedrock of the industry for fucking ever. And now people will make a Trump joke before they'll make a dick joke. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, everybody used to love talking about their cocks or whatever the fuck or talking about tits. And now, no, he's the guy. Everything. Every time. How do you replace dick jokes? That's fucking amazing. That's 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 a cult of personality, but he fucking did it. But I watched him, man, and and he's just doing the same shit. And you could see like people yawning and checking their phones, and he wouldn't get off. And uh he's just bloated and terrible, and he's telling the same stories, and just like an old doddering fool going on and on and and he should have got off at an hour because he could have found something. He was like, he was searching for a closer is truthfully like a headliner searching for a closer, but he was searching for fucking an hour for a closer. He should have got off at 45 should have done the tight 45 man could have closed on the ramp story, but instead he fucking kept going. And, uh, and it, as, as I watched him, I had this epiphany, you know, he's, he's a performer. He's not as a president. He's a fuckhead. As a performer, I'm not a fan, but he does have a a group of fans who love him and love what he does, all right? They think he's funny. They worship his cult of personality. And they refuse to acknowledge that he's past his prime or he's not nearly as good as he used to be. And watching him up there totter back and forth in front of the fucking microphone, 
telling the same things, sipping the water, throwing in the racist remarks to try to get cheap heat, doing anything he could to get their attention. And, and also soaking up every single fucking minute he could because he hasn't been on stage in fucking forever. Uh, and watching this crowd like humor him and let him do it and delude themselves into thinking that he was still what they loved. It dawned on me. You know who he is? Trump is Fat Elvis. He's Fat Elvis. Now, he never had Elvis's prime. He was never as good looking or as talented. But what I mean by that is he was a fucking guy that had a cult of people who would swear that he was the king of rock and roll. And they would they would tell you over and over he was their idol. He was the man. He and and then he got all drugged up and bloated and fat. And he was wearing fucking stupid clothes and acting like a fucking goof and forgetting the words. And, you know, and there it was. The stage is bare. I'm standing there without any hair. <laughs> and he laughs. And uh, and people were watching him fall apart in front of their very eyes, but they would not acknowledge it. He was still Elvis. He was still the king of rock and roll, but he wasn't. Because people had indulged his every whim, he had become everything that was uncool. He had become everything that everybody used to make fun of in other performers. And now he was fat and terrible and, and just needed to give up. And that's who Trump is. When he went up there today, because again, this was his chance to reestablish himself, fire in the belly, and start, kick off the fucking campaign. You got four months left before the goddamn election or whatever the fuck it is, right? And he could have gone up there and suck and, and spit fire and brimstone and gone lean and mean and told the fucking... But instead, he loves himself too much. He loves the attention too much. And he, you know, when he said that thing where I could shoot one of my followers on fucking Fifth Avenue, they'd never arrest me. He believes that. And he believes that these dumb fucks will worship him no matter what he does. And up to this point, he's been right. But today there was, there was a flaw today. You could see people yawning and checking their phones and, and, and they weren't content to be in the room with greatness. They were, they, they saw him for what he was. They, you know, for an hour they were with him, And then in the next 45, they were like, all right, well, and, and he was bloated and sweaty and he's fat fucking Elvis. And then to even extend that metaphor even more, watching them watch him and love him and stuff and realizing that no matter what the fuck he does, 40% of the people in this fucking country are going to be with him no matter what he does at all times. This whole fucking country is fat Elvis. And, and I'm just a podcaster I'm a comedian and, and I'm not smart and I'm not tough. I'm no great shakes, but I'm fucking embarrassed. And I think you should be too. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm also at Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike40YOB on those amazing sites. Mike40YOB on Instagram and Snapchat. Please find me there. Why not, right? Why wouldn't you find me there? You got to look. You're, you're doing nothing. What are you doing besides nothing? Go ahead and find me there, please. Uh, and I'm on TikTok too, even though I never open it. But, you know, 
maybe if you add me, one of these days I'll I'll be flossing the the Fortnite dance, or I'll make some soup and throw it in Marvin Gaye's dad's face. Who knows what I'll do? Or Sam Cooke? Why do I keep move mixing up Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye? It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, so let's find me in all those places. I'm I'm there to be found. Please follow me, friend me, forget me already. Jesus Christ, what are you guys doing? Just forget me. Uh, our friend Ryan Dirks is the web stuff. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. He's a cool cat. Go ahead and find him there. Um, and our great friend David Mex Hernandez. He does uh, music. He does uh, the, the artwork for this show. You can hire him to do artwork for you if you'd like to do that. Got to be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Go ahead and be his friend there and uh, leaf through his photos. You'll see the artwork he's done for my page. You'll also see the artwork he's done for the Westside 86 Jokers fan club. And if you like that artwork, he can do artwork for you. You can hire him. Uh, You know, he can go ahead and do your Facebook caricature. He can do work in oils and watercolors, whatever you need the guy to do, he can do. But first you got to be his friend at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. And also get this. He's got a page called this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. It's a group he has. He wants you to join. It's all about uh, memes and, and and making fun of the world. And he wants you to go ahead and join him in that cause. So go ahead and do that. At this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. You can send him. Well, what you need to do is again, facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, become his friend there. And then, uh, and then you can go ahead and find the page and you got a request to be a member. And then he'll ask you some questions and you answer those. And then you're in there. And then you're making fun of everybody with a fucking with a with a giant fridge with a wig on. It's fucking awesome. You're having a great time. So you should do that right now. Go to Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, become his friend. Find the this is dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb page and request to be a member, and he'll put you in there if you answer the questions right, and there you go. And like I said, you can hire him to do artwork for you, put stuff on your uh, on your Facebook page, or he'll do like paintings you can hang in your foyer that are fucking amazing. Uh, if you want to do that, you want to check out the artwork he does there. You can go to his website as well. Like, first of all, like I said, go through all the stuff he has on Facebook. He's got tons of photos, tons of artwork on his closed page, as well as in his photos. Uh, but you can also, uh, go to his website and see some of the corporate art he's done in the past at art by DMH.com, A R T B Y D M H.com. And also if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I like his artwork, and certainly I enjoy his music. How is there how is there a way I could go ahead and participate in even more things David Hernandez brings to the table? Well, here I'm ready to tell you, motherfuckers. Get this. I know you're thinking to yourself, why? Well, you know, you've, you've enjoyed Dave's appearances on this show. David and I have been together many times. Uh, I've been in Chicago. We've recorded shows. He one time sat there sketching me while I did a show in his basement. Uh, other times he's been on microphone with me and we've had a fucking great time telling old stories or just being funny. And, and also... You know his fucking amazing work on the interludes that he does every goddamn year. The man's a fucking, uh, again, as I've mentioned, he's a renaissance man. I'm never joking about that. He he can do uh, amazing things with paints and oils and cr- uh, crayons and pastels and guitars and basses. And he plays fucking drums and he plays piano. And it's just, here's the word I'm going to use. It's sickening. This fucking guy can do it all. and uh, And now he's decided to do it all and more. On his own podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know you're thinking to yourself, well, what, uh, how could that possibly be, Mike? What is that? I, well, because I'm here to tell you, baby. Uh, the man is putting out his own podcast. It, it actually premieres this week. It comes out this Wednesday at Apple Podcasts. 
and I believe I look, I'm going to give you the name or, or should I let somebody else give you the name? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to approach it. Hmm. It's weird that he's going to be jumping into the world of his podcasting and, and, uh, and I wouldn't tell you about it. That doesn't make any sense, but, but it also seems like I should maybe leave some of the heavy lifting to the man himself. What do you think? You think so? Uh, cool. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, maybe I'll tell you a little more in the back end, but right now, uh, let's, you want to hear about Dave's podcast? Well, uh, let's hear it from the man himself. Greetings, fans of the 40-year-old boy. It's official. The Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network grows by one. On Wednesday, June 24th, Mike's buddy Max will be starring in his very own podcast. Yes, the rumors that she started are true. The Flem Cat Podcast. Flem Cat Podcast, starring David Max Hernandez. Wednesday, June 24th, available at Apple Podcasts. Come and be a part of a completely silly and infantile display of podcasting. Flem Cat. Wednesday, June 24th. Y'all can spell Flem, right? Yeah, that's right. The, uh, the Flem Cat Podcast. Uh, performed, uh, hosted, uh, owned, wholly subsidiary, uh, whole subsidiary <laughs> that's owned by our friend, David Max Hernandez. Max is doing his own podcast comes out this week, Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, you'll want to go ahead and download it at Apple podcasts. It's called the phlegm cat podcast. Uh, the phlegm. Now I will tell you this, you know, you're like, holy fuck. What is this thing going to be? Uh, I don't know. Other than awesome, I've got no answer for you because I, I'm I'm in this in the dark like you guys are. I've gotten the teasers, I have had no previews, I've heard no discussions. I don't know I don't know what this show is going to be. Uh, I'm only hoping that he doesn't talk about uh, the the rampant sexism and stuff because it would be awkward for us to collide on topics the very first week. That would be a weird thing. Um, I assume there's going to be a little music. I assume there's just going to be uh, some of that very special mech's uh, sense of humor that you get a touch of here with the, uh, the, a lot of the promos and stuff that we do. Uh, I don't know. I'm as excited as you are because I don't. I have no idea what it's going to be. I've been left in the dark, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've turned the light on several times, and I look, I've seen a phlegm, and I've seen a cat, but I don't know what the heck that has to do with one another. Uh, but you put them together, and you get David Hernandez's podcast, The Phlegmcast. David Max Hernandez. Uh, turning all of his powers, turning himself loose on the podcasting industry. And it'll be out this Wednesday, June 24th. And I will say this. I went, I already went looking for it to try to subscribe. Um, but I guess until it's uploaded or something like that, it won't be, it won't be there. So what you want to do is Wednesday, it'll come out and I'll, I'll put out, you know, we'll put it out on the Joker's page. We'll put it out on Facebook. We'll let you guys know when it's out there and then you can subscribe to it as soon as it comes out. Cause then, then you won't need me to fucking tell you what to do or when to do it. Um, but I'm fucking excited, man. You know, our boy David is doing his, uh, look, uh, uh, daddy's little baby is all grows up. That's what I'll tell you. He's, he's grown's up and he's grown's up and he's grown's up. Daddy's little baby has all grown's up. And branched out on his own. Um, and he's been doing stuff, you know, like on, on Facebook, he's been doing uh, a bi-weekly songs, putting himself up uh, out there with the videos of himself performing. And if you're his friend at facebook.com slash David Mix Hernandez, you know that this is happening. But now, as he's, he's venturing out into the cold and deep podcasting waters, uh, be there, please. To lend him a hand with a fucking uh, a rescue boat. Is that what I need? A, a life preserver. 
Do whatever you need to do to go ahead and make sure that he knows that he is loved and wanted and you will dig the show. It is called the Flemcat Podcast, available in Apple Podcasts this Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, and like I said, man, I'm, I'm as fucking excited as you are because I, I have not heard it yet. I don't have any previews. All I've heard is exactly what you've heard. These teasers that have gone through here on the show the last few weeks. And, uh, and then, and then this Wednesday we'll hear it all. We'll have it all revealed. All shall be revealed to your wet, naked, steaming ears. Wednesday, June 24th, the Flem Cat podcast with David Mex Hernandez available in, uh, in Apple podcasts coming up this Wednesday, June 24th. Uh, and while you're there, look, while you're there dicking around, while you're there waiting for Max, and you're going to be there sleeping out, like laying on the ground, um, there are other podcasts you can check out as well, including The Paranoid Strain. That's right. The Paranoid Strain, which is an amazing podcast. Hold on. I need waters. My mouth's all fucked up. Uh, the Paranoid Strain exists. It, it, it's our great friend, Fearful Jesuit. You want to go ahead and pick it up. He's there being... Uh, being the only uh, the coolest guy that Jesuit can be, he's available there for you to go ahead and check it out. Uh, still with his second coronavirus, and which is relevant because I'll tell you what the the uh, the germ is not going away, ladies and gentlemen. I think we all know this. The germ is there. It is lurking. It is waiting. It is coming for us all. And um, and you can go ahead and check it out on his podcast, The Paranoid Strain, available right now in the iTunes Store. Go ahead and download it and uh, download all of them while you're there. Why not? Just fucking. And get ready, because boy, I'll tell you what, with with, with fuckhead uh, falling apart at this rally and uh, all the conspiracy theorists are going to be out. And you're going to want to be there when Jesuit takes apart all the political conspiracy theories, because he's going to, man. He's going to be right there at the forefront making sure everything happens. Um, you'll want to go listen to the, the listen to this new one again. Like I said, the coronavirus one I told you about last week. Uh, he's got all sorts of all sorts of stuff about fucking QAnon, which which I'm sure we're going to hear about also with the with the topical stuff, with the with the political stuff. Um, but you want to go here. Look, you want to go hear the Ugandan police chief. You want to hear the Italian mayors. You want to hear, uh, Danny Unicorn talk like Mario from Mario brothers. Um, and make sure you stay to the end. I, I don't know if I told you this. I, I may have, I may have said this, stay all the way to the end. And I mean the end, the end, listen through the final song and things like that. Uh, cause there's some fun stuff, a little cute surprise there, a little Dana having some fun. Um, and by Dana, I mean, it's more Jesuit having some fun and Dana kind of going, uh, what the fuck, man? But that's okay. It's worth it. You got to hear it. Um, so go ahead and leave a review in the iTunes store in the Apple podcasts section and, uh, and leave a note there saying how much you love the show. If you mention us, that'd be cool too. If you wanted to reach out to our good friend of Jesuit, you can write him a, a note, the paranoid strain at gmail.com, the paranoid strain at gmail.com. Go ahead and write him a note and tell him how much you love the show. Subscribe, please. Go ahead and check it out. Um, you'll want to bring forth the Wheel of Arbitrary episode starting points. That's always a fun thing to do as well. Make sure you drop that on him. Um, listen to this week's, like, well, this this latest show, this coronavirus show, which I've told you about in the past. Uh, it is there. It is waiting for you. And please go ahead and check it out. Um, and write him a note. And, and leave a review in the iTunes store. And mention us and all of those things, please. So he knows that, uh, that, Hey, guess what? <laughs> Mike, Mike's still talking about it. Mike is still plugging the show. And that's a key thing. Um, because he is, a, hold on. Fuck you. Yawns. Cause he's a sponsor, man. Take care of him. Uh, that's the paranoid strain podcast available in the Apple, I, uh, podcast store right now. Go ahead and grab it. And don't forget that our friend Rob Matsushita has been doing, uh, he's doing live these YouTube uh, kind of videos, it's kind of his, 
I guess you'd call it his uh, uh, pandemic project. I would, that's what I would call it for because I like alliteration. Uh, he has a, a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash stay home 2020. Uh, that's all caps on stay home. I don't know if that matters, but it, it might youtube.com slash stay home 2020. And, uh, he's put up like, I think six different videos with people acting and things like that. And, uh, you should check it out, man. It's really good stuff. It's all sorts of, uh, and he's written the scripts and he sent it off to people. It's, it's, he's doing, it's a unique approach uh, at, at producing art, certainly during this time when none of us can get together, you got people doing zoom stuff. You got all sorts of different ways to express yourselves. Well, the way Rob is doing it is at, at youtube.com slash stay home 2020. He's written all these scripts, send them out to people and everybody films themselves and send them to him, sends them to him. And he, he puts them all together in, in a project, um, which man, does that sound like a lot of work? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It sounds like a whole lot of shit to do. Cause I know the one, cause I did do one of them for him i was very uh happy to be asked and so i did it uh and the, here's the good news the one that i did there's like six other actors in it so so when you tune into it let, let the other six actors do the good job and then don't don't fucking hold it against me that whatever i did i did uh because again it's this dumb thing where i'm talking to a phone so i have no idea i'm sure rob made it look as as fantastic as he possibly could he took whatever i did and he blended it in with real professionals and he said hey here you go this is this is what you should be doing um so hopefully they're doing the heavy lifting and i'm just kind of there but go check it out at youtube.com slash stay home 2020 and that's all caps on the stay home s-t-a-y-h-o-m-e 2020 that's the number 2020 so youtube.com slash stay home 2020 and, uh, and like I said, I think there's six videos up now and then he's got more to come and he's always writing all the time. And I think he's, I think he's found a real niche because he's, he's, it's his, this is what he likes to do. He turns things around quickly. He gets it done fast and he, he, he knows a lot of talented people and he's able to go ahead and use them to his advantage. So check it out now. YouTube.com slash stay home 2020. Our friend Rob Matsushita has got churning out the videos. I think like I said, there's like six of them up now, I believe. So go ahead and check those out and, and enjoy those please, because Rob's the king. Um, what else can I tell you guys? <laughs> I'm a Leo. I know. I know you wanted to know that. That's that's something that's important. Um, no, we have. Oh, so yeah. Here we go. Cameo. Let's talk about Cameo real quick. You, you know, you can uh, you can book me to do a Cameo. I've I've already done a couple in June. I've still got a couple on deck right now waiting. Um, and all the money for June cameos will go toward. Like I said, if I get a large sum, I'll divide it. If not, I'll. If I get a decent sum, then I'll probably just send it to one particular charity uh you know i've been looking like i said there was the black lives matter stuff and we'll have to see uh if that act blue uh is is still there i will say um it's it's rough (laughs) because i've been looking for ways to stay active and ways to donate and ways to and there's so many things man i mean there's things from you know, bail funds in certain states to help someone who's been beaten by police to help someone who's trying to buy their childhood home. Um, and and it, there's so many black uh, uh, centric, you know, uh, people and causes out there that you want to do the best you can to find the proper ones and go ahead and do that. So um, I'll, I'll take a look. And, and like I said, I won't know until the end of June right now. We've only we don't have like a a colossal sum. I think I've only got three cameos to, to give out. So that's, you know, that's 45 bucks, which is okay. So that, but that'll go to one place. I'm not going to divide that up. I don't think, 
Um, or maybe I should. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But but here, you can increase that total by hiring me for Cameo. Bookcameo.com is available on your laptop, or you can download the Cameo app to your phone and get me... Uh, Get me talking. Get me talking to your your recent graduate. Get me talking to anybody you would have that wants to hear my voice or even people who don't want to hear my voice. The last one I did is for somebody who I can't imagine they were interested in hearing from me. And and who knows, but uh, but I was very happy to be asked, and I think I did a decent job, but I have no idea again on that. Because once these things go out, man, you get no feedback. Hopefully, people are all right with it. I mean, because, again, I don't – I, I kind of – you know, me, I'm me. So I'm going to open my mouth. Whatever the fuck comes flying out, comes flying out. Um, but I do my best to follow the instructions that people give. <laughs> How's that for a ringing endorsement? Oh, I do my best to follow the instructions. Um, the point is, if you want to hire me for Cameo the rest of the month, all the money will go to charity. That's that's the most important thing. Whether you like me or not, go ahead and book me so some charities get some dough. How about that? Uh, book Cameo.com or get the Cameo app on your phone and hire me to... to Tell somebody to have a good summer and avoid the germ. I can do that, too. I'm absolutely good at that. Uh, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchandise page. Go and click on the Amazon link and do your Amazon shopping so we can get a taste of the gig. That'd be pretty cool. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. And as I've mentioned before, you're going there anyway, right? You're going to Amazon. You're getting that done. You're taking care of business. Um, so you said, why not use me? Bill, Bill withers the shit out of me at this fucking Amazon link. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the uh, merchandise page, which uh, was the Joe Business page, and click on the Amazon link, and hey, you're shopping. It costs you 10 seconds. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And then I get money from Jeff Bezos. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It is a perfect symbiotic relationship in that you don't have to do a fucking thing, really. Um, all you need to go is, is, is consider going ahead and clicking on my website and using my link. Thank you. That's all I need you to do. Uh, and it helps us out immeasurably. And so go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page, and click on the Amazon link, and hey, you're shopping. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly. Um, we have a YouTube channel ourselves. I mentioned Rob Matsushita's. Go to YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. That exists. Also go to Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, and you'll find me there almost every day playing games back and forth and doing stuff. I'm in the middle. I just started a game called The Last of Us 2, and here's something that happened the other day. Uh, and I hope it doesn't happen again. This is the first time we've played it. And uh, I, I got motion sick and I threw up. Hi. Yeah, that's right. It really happened on the stream. I had to, I had to unfortunately beg off and excuse myself and uh, and turn on the sink. So hopefully I wasn't heard. But yeah, I, I wound up, uh, be, I was motion sick from running around because I haven't played a game like this in a while. Like I, so the motion kind of got me all spinny, and I kept trying to take a break and take deep breaths and do whatever I could, and uh, it just overwhelmed me. So hopefully, because again, that was the first day of playing this game, and we've got a whole fuck ton more to do. I mean, this game's going to be like at least, a, uh, I would imagine it's a commitment of at least a month. That's my guess. Uh, and I'll be mixing in some Jackbox puzzles here and there, too, because I can't, uh, I can't. I can't throw up every day. I mean, I, I, I hope I hope I get used to it. That's all I'll say. And also, this game is a relentlessly emotional affair. So I'm probably going to need to play some fucking trivia in the middle of it so I don't fucking wind up slashing a wrist. So, uh, But still, yeah, and regardless, if you subscribe and follow the channel, you'll always know when I'm on and you'll always be alerted to what I'm playing. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and sign up now. Follow, subscribe. That'd be great. And YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and check that out. All the podcast archives are there waiting, anticipating for you to go ahead and download them and listen to them, please. That would be great. I'd appreciate it very much. Um, 
And I should tell you that, uh, you know, you can help out this show at patreon.com. If I mentioned that, I think I have. Patreon.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Or no, Mike40YOB. I did figure it out. It's patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. But if you put in Patreon and the 40-year-old boy or Patreon Mike Schmidt, I'm going to come up. You'll see my fucking smiling head staring at you. And you can go ahead and join up. And uh, and I, I was very, a lot of you were very kind this week. I want to I want to mention uh, uh, and and a lot of you. Well, I mean, a few of these people we've heard from before. Uh, our good friend Lawrence uh, Shamilia, uh, or Lawrence Schamilia. And I will tell you this: um, Lawrence wrote me a note, and he said, uh, "Hey, man, you pronounced my name right the second time." He was very kind. So uh, I don't remember how I pronounced it. <laughs> so so again, we'll go with Lawrence Schamilia or Lawrence Shamilia. Um, I'm saying sure because it's, you know, Mike Schmidt, S-C-H, uh, but it might be Scamelia. But either way, uh, Lawrence, who was kind enough to give us a PayPal donation a couple weeks ago, now has signed up for Patreon and and will give me a monthly donation. And holy fuck, Lawrence, in, in uh, New Jersey. And he also recommended, here's the thing, he's like, because he knows that I'm uh, I'm wasting away here in my apartment. And he told me I should buy one of those... Uh, one of those Suzanne Summers slash Chuck Norris fucking workout things. And I mean, that that just sounds like ridiculous. But then you look at Lawrence and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, are you using this thing? Because Lawrence is, is fucking cut out of wood. I mean, I remember I said he was like a long distance runner. I guess a million years ago he was. And now he's fucking Captain Waits. And it's like, holy Jesus Christ, man. Look at this fucking guy. He's got guns and everything. So, uh... So he told me to buy, like, I think it's a Nordic track or whatever the fuck. I don't know the name. I, I, he's got, he sent me a note, which was very kind. And, um... I don't know. Like I said, I... That seems like such a ridiculous thing to get. I hope he's not playing a prank on me. But also at the same time, I, uh, you know, working out in my house, man, I got a small one bedroom apartment. It's just going to smell like a ball sack. I've talked about this before. And I, I but at the same time, it's going to smell like death if I wind up fucking having a candy coated heart and eating too much stuff and dying. Right. That'll fucking happen. So who knows? But uh, Lawrence has stepped up with some advice for me and I appreciate it and also stepped up with a Patreon donation. And thank you so much, Lawrence. It's amazing that you would continue to support every every month and and. I, I'm so happy to have you back on board and have, have and know that you're thinking of the show. So thank you. Uh, also, our good friend Rick Brown has bumped up his donation on Patreon. Did not have to do that, but he stepped up and wrote me and was very kind. And he said I, he wanted to do it because uh, things have turned uh, up for him. So he's going ahead and increasing the donation to show. And thank you so much for that, Rick Brown. I appreciate it. And get this out of the fucking out of the blue. A blast from the past has arrived, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, our good friend Matt Brindle, who uh, who uh, one time I think I, I I remember talking about him on the show, and he even said that in a note to me. He's like, "You talked about the, about me on the show once." Um, there were, I remember there was something where he was going to be on a bus, or he I, I told him or he hated the bus. I said something, and I said I hate the bus, and Brent, Matt Brindle's just like, "That's my that's my creed, my credo, my motto." Um, regardless, but I think Matt was listening and he was a kid when he first started listening. Now I think he's, uh, he's the prime minister of Canada. If I remember correctly, he may be the prime minister of Canada. Um, regardless, he found it in his heart and his wallet to go ahead and support this show via Patreon. And, uh, and he's been going a while, I guess he, he used to listen to the show and then he fell off. Uh, and he said, he just jumped back in last week. And, uh, and he said, you know, hearing you, uh, tackle basically nightmare on Elm street three. And then, uh, systemic racism uh he, he was like yep this is the most perfect mike schmidt reintroduction i can imagine so thank you and also i'm trying i'm remembering that poorly because if he said something else he's going to be like what the fuck man uh i don't have it open in front of me reading it i'm just going off the top of my brain uh but thank you matt brindle for not only remembering the show and jumping back in but for deciding to support monthly 
Uh, and joining at patreon.com slash Mike40YLB. Go ahead and join our friends Matt, Rick, and Lawrence if you want to and support this show financially. Because again, if you're going to do it, this is the time to do it. Because uh, because the germ has taken over and destroyed any other chance that I ever had of going ahead and making some cash. Uh, so please keep me afloat. Think of me via Patreon like these other fellas did, and I'd appreciate it very much. And also PayPal. I should mention this. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper left-hand corner, of every page, you're going to find a little Schmitty with his pocket out. It says donate. You can click on that and do a one-time donation. You can click on that and do a monthly donation. Uh, like our friend Kevin Murphy, who has signed up to be a donator for this show. Thank you so much, Kevin Murphy. Uh, I'm saying your name now. That probably doesn't make a lot of sense, and I shouldn't do that. But you know, maybe this should be the thing where like, I'll say your name unless you subscribe. Uh, you'll, you bribe me to not to keep my na- your name out of my mouth. Let's do that. Uh, in which case, uh, KM, our newest wink, wink person at PayPal. Uh, thank you so much, Kevin Murphy, for thinking of me and signing up for the show and donating and helping us out. It makes us happy. It keeps the show afloat and it keeps things moving in a forward direction. Uh, I look back there every night, friend, and that's why I conduct my affairs in a clean and courteous manner. I think I'm chilly dipping that line, but it's from quick change. And please, uh, I convinced a, a great friend to watch quick change this week. And she loved it, and I was very happy. You should watch it, too. It's Bill Murray doing Bill Murray things. It's fucking amazing. Um, so thank you very much, Lawrence and Matt and Rick and Kevin, stepping up and donating and helping the show. I appreciate it very much, signing up for Patreon, and and I hope all of you will join them. Any and all of you who are interested or thought about supporting the show, I hope you can do the same thing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, and I, and I got to tell you, uh, you know, it, it, look, this show's coming out on Sunday. That's not ideal. Uh, but you're nice and kind, and I appreciate you understanding. Uh, but, you know, if you want to hear more of me, there's a double shot of love. There's a double shot of Mike Schmidt available for you this week. Um, I did Alice Fraser's podcast, the very talented Alice Fraser from The Bugle. That's right. I uh, She slummed it up and had me on her show. Uh, she does the Tea with Alice podcast. She does the Last uh, the last Stand podcast. What's that? Is it? I, I'm, uh, I'm losing it. I apologize. Um, and she's on The Bugle. She does uh, she does amazing work. And I was very happy to be on team with Alice. And we had a very uh, a long discussion regarding America because she's Australian. And it's, it's regarding uh, America and what's been going on here. And uh, and it was neat because I tell you what, I you know, usually I get on a show and we're funny and we're yakking it up and we're going back and forth. It was kind of nice to have an, an, an involved, serious conversation with somebody. Now, does, am I, I hope I'm not uh, steering you away from it. It was still funny. There's still funny in it because Alice is a funny woman. Um, and I'm, I'm funny, too, sometimes, occasionally. Um, but Alice does fantastic work, and you should absolutely listen to any and all of her shows. But particularly, go ahead and get Tea with Alice, the latest podcast that went up. It is available everywhere that you can find podcasts. And uh, and hear me chatting with a with a a girl, a girl, a woman that I met in in 2014 at Podfest. 2013. Fuck, it's been that long. It's been seven years, and I knew then that she was going to be a big deal, and she became a big deal. And I feel it's it's like I called my shot, Babe Ruth style. I feel excited, uh, and I'm honored that she was able to circle back and remember me and have me on the Tea with Alice podcast this week. Go ahead and download it. It's in the iTunes Store, wherever Apple Podcasts are. I would imagine Stitcher and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, man. So go ahead, go ahead and check that out. She's fucking terrific, and we had a fantastic conversation. I had a really good time uh, solving the world and then realizing we couldn't. But you can go ahead and listen to it. I, I, the way I, ter- I dubbed it an intercontinental discussion about one continent in particular, and um, 
You can find it now. It's available in the iTunes store. Tea with Alice, and that's the drink, the beverage, T-E-A, Tea with Alice. You can go ahead and download it now, and it's me having a discussion with Alice, and uh, and she's the best. So go ahead and download it now. Please go ahead and check it out. Uh, as if me talking this week for two hours on here wasn't fucking enough, she and I, I think, did an hour. So uh, look at that. Look at me and your lives. It's one of the reasons why I spaced this out and came out on a Sunday. In case you listened to me uh, a couple of days on her, you had to take a breather from me. That's my story. I'm going to go ahead and run with that. Why not? Um, I also wanted to share this with you. And uh, and and look, you can check this out. You don't have to. But it, this will be seven minutes of your time, probably. Uh, not even five. Five minutes. I bet this takes five minutes. But um, I, I have a great friend, a comedian named Becky Pedigo, who's terrific. And Becky has a uh, has a blog that she puts out. And it's called... Um, it's a, can you hear my neighbor? Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sure he's, you know, he's sick of hearing me talk for two hours. So why not go ahead and jump in? Um, Becky has a blog called, uh, it's like, it's, uh, let me find out the exact name of it. It's called how I became a stand up comic or died trying. Uh, and, and actually, it's, all right, here's the, let me give you the actual stand up, uh, the actual address of it. Oh boy, this is fucking brutal. This is really it. I'm, it's a blog. And yes, this is the actual address. All lowercase, how I became a comic or died trying dot wordpress dot com. That's right. H-O-W-I-B-E-C-A-M-E-A-C-O-M-I-C-O-R-D-I-E-D-T-R-Y-I-N-G dot wordpress dot com. How I became a comic or died trying dot wordpress dot com. Becky has reached out to a bunch of her friends, a bunch of stand-up people, and said, hey, man, how about you write a little note about how you started? And um, Siegel did it. Mike's on there. Murray Valeriano did it. Alonzo Bowden, Wendy Liebman. Um, a lot of very talented people were able to contribute, and she thought of me, and that made me very happy. I, I Anytime I can be included with comedians, like I, my, my old friend Jeff Capri is on there as well. Jeff was one of the guys I started with. Um Anytime I can be included in comics makes me real happy because it makes me remember uh, that that's what I did and or would like to do going forward. Although I don't know, they're coming for everybody. Um, but yeah, so I, I I wrote a I wrote a little essay about how I became a comic and uh, and look, it's nothing you don't know. You're you're familiar with me via this show, so you're going to be recognizing. Uh, a lot of the what I wrote about on there, but it's available and and it's fun and it's I I'm. What the hell's happening? Are we under attack? Do you hear that? Oh, it's I think it's an Amazon guy with a fucking walkie-talkie. Jesus Christ! I gotta I gotta fucking wrap this up. All right, so here how I became a comic or die trying at WordPress.com or dot WordPress.com. Okay. How I became a comic or died trying dot wordpress dot com and um and it goes up tomorrow, which is Monday. It goes up uh yeah, well, I mean it's fuck, it's six in the morning. So yes, it goes up tomorrow, um Monday at that address, and it's just an essay. I wrote about how I became a comic. And, you know, I'm always threatening to write stuff. I was gonna write the newsletter and then the germ came, and then I said that was an excuse to not do anything because I had nothing to recap, because that was the whole point of doing the newsletter. Was I was gonna send you guys say, hey, here's what I'm doing this week. Well, I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting in my fucking house. Um, so this was a chance to kind of stretch a little bit and type something coherent instead of coming out here and just firing off and talking about oog and og. 
uh, to actually have something that was was structured and disciplined and writing and and however else you want to fucking look at it, whatever. I was I was thrilled to be included with other comics, happy to be thought of. And Becky Pettigo is terrific, very funny, and uh, and was nice enough to include me. So if you go there to how I became a comic or died trying dot wordpress.com but i'll put a link on the jokers page i'll tweet a link i'll put a link on uh on my on my regular facebook page perhaps um just to get you on board man so you can go ahead and go oh that's why mike's doing this that's what mike did that's that's why he's able to go ahead and take a fucking day or two and go ahead and push it back further and further and do a goddamn podcast on a sunday when he should have been doing it on a goddamn wednesday night remember when he used to do wednesday night they came out thursday morning now he does them saturday night they come out sunday morning what the fuck is with this guy man why he makes his own rules you're damn right i make my own rules chief i don't know if you've heard i i uh, I, I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I'm trapped in my house. What the fuck else do I have to do? So I go ahead and kick this. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, if you're trapped in the house, why don't you do the podcast? Well, no, if you're trapped in the house, then you can kick it down the road. Cause I'm like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Right. I'm not doing anything. Dudes, do you get this? This is totally true. <clears throat> you know, the last time I gassed up my car fucking April, man, I bought gas in April. I filled my tank and I still have a half tank of gas left. I think I've driven 40 miles in a month. Uh, 50 probably back and forth to and from the store. And that's just fucking insane. I used to do that in a, in a fucking, in an afternoon. I used to do that. I used to, I used to would take a gas every three days when I was taking people all over the place. And that fucking industry got fucking racked up. I mean, I, 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 God damn, I, I was I was moving and grooving and all over the fucking place and spending dough and now I do nothing. I just I sit in my house and wait. I wait for the germ. I wait for everything to come and get me and it's terrible. I want to burst out. I want to go out and run and be free and skip through lilies and whatever the fuck else. And yet, and yet, here I am shouting to you in a void telling you on a, on a, a late Saturday, early Sunday that I don't know what's to come. But I want you to think of me for Patreon. I want you to think of me for PayPal. I want you to think of me for our the Alice Fraser appearance for the Becky Pettigo essay. Um, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe doing these other things is, is, is these are opportunities that only presented themselves when I was sitting in my fucking house doing nothing, right? Maybe that's the goddamn thing. Maybe I need to be doing more nothing. If I did more nothing, then I'd be doing something. Is that how it works? You know what? That's the thing. You got to ohm it out, man. You got to be Zen. You got to clear your fucking brain out like a goddamn, like you're taking out the trash and then more things will come and fill it up. If you clean out your brain, if you clean the temple, if you sit there, fucking just do the Lotus stance or cross-legged or whatever the fuck and open yourself up to possibilities, then an Alice Fraser will come along and ask you to do her show. I did her Instagram show, which I told you guys about. You can check that out at her Instagram page. Uh, or you can find me on her podcast, like I said, or go read my essay with Becky. I'm sitting there going, home, and here's Becky. Boom, boom, boom. You want to write an essay? You're goddamn right to do. Home, Mike, you want to do my Instagram show? I don't know who the fuck that is. It's not Alice, but it was a decent attempt. Home, Mike, would you like to do my podcast? Yes, I would. Of course I would. Fake Paul McCartney. I don't know why you're having me. So look at this. All the things I got going on. Mike, you want to do my fucking sketches? Yes, I do, Rob Matsushita. I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to ruin them, but okay, I'll go ahead and be involved in them for fuck's sake. Uh, boy, it's great. Think of me and have me involved. about that for a while and by a while 
Podcast. Podcast.